Clark, what's wrong? Honey. <laughs> it's bigger than you expected? <laughs> <laughs> Smaller? What is it? It's a, it's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <sighs> oh, God. Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, f***less, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey s*** he is. Hallelujah! Holy s***! Where's the Tylenol? Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no! We're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of ass this side of the nuthouse. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. Clark? It's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home. Before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. <laughs> Eight minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not only ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program, a cavalcade of amusements and laughs. It is uh, 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. With your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, recipes, uh, hangover remedies, whatever it is you might have today, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, the socially awkward, the unacceptable, the just plain vile. It is 503-733-2970. What an exciting day it's been already here at the Rick Emerson Show Studios. More about that here in just a moment. If you'd like to email us, and I know you would, uh, it's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Richie with a T 
dot A-M. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining us from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum joining us from New York City. Amanda Moyer from Atlanta, Georgia, where they continue to track the rise, fall, rise, fall, the rising again, then the falling again of Rod Blagojevich, who continues to be the gift that uh, you know, just gives around the clock this week. Let's see what else. Uh, finally, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. Uh, what else we got coming today? Top five coming up today. Uh, we'll have another installment of Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas. There are actually one, two, three, four, five different Joy of Christmas stories. We will probably not get to all of them. One is extra horrible, though, so it's sort of like three. Uh, so we got the Joy of Christmas coming up today. Geek Watch. We may do High Concept Wednesday before we do High Concept Thursday because there's a bunch of holiday crap to discuss. And... So and we have do. a billion joys of Christmas. Yeah, no, they're just they're People all have gone crazy. Up. Yeah, no, they're stacked up like planes going into O'Hare. Uh, and uh, all that. Plus your phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, one random caller today wins the thing that I don't have the copy point for. Do we have something from last week? I think we have Hellboy 2 DVDs. Uh, one random caller today wins a copy of a man, st- a man called Flintstone on DVD, the original Flintstone's 1966 theatrical release, now restored, remastered with bonus features and excitement for all. Uh, that is on DVD from Warner Home Video, A Man Called Flintstone, the 1966 original Flintstone's theatrical release, now on DVD. I do believe, wow. by the way, we got the Glorious Bastard of the Year coming up. I always forget about that until it's too late almost. Uh, we got the Glorious Bastard of the Year. We'll be announcing that the week of the 29th. Uh, I'm not going to reveal everything they're getting, but I do know. Now, see, I say this, and then it's going to have, like, vanished or something. Not that anything would ever vanish from a radio station, even when it was behind, like, a locked door. Not that we ever open the prize closet, which has been padlocked and bolted, and find that something that was difficult to obtain and worth hundreds of dollars has just vanished. That never happens. Anywho... Uh, I do believe we have the entire Flintstone series on DVD, like all 50 seasons or whatever. But I think there's a massive DVD set up there that is the entire Flintstones run. So we got that. All right. Anyway, uh, so that's just a small overview of the things we'll be doing today. It's going to be a fantastic program. One of the best we've ever had. Amity, as you know, means friendship. Uh, Coming up later on today in the news hour. Well, Jesus. So we should just... uh, I'll leave the names out of this. Yeah, because you can come back at some other time, right? Well, we'll see. Um, Richie had the best line this morning. <laughs> Slots filling up quickly. Um, I'll just say this. We, we will leave all the names out of this. But as you know, uh, you know, we're having a series of laid-off Portland media professionals filling in for laid-off Portland media professional Tim Riley. And yesterday, uh, well, on you know, Monday, we had Todd Tulsa, who was a voice guy, imaging guy, the voice of KPOJ, the Tom Hartman show for quite some time until he was shown the door. Yesterday, we had... It was like a two-for uh, Tuesday kind of a week. Yesterday we had Heidi Tauber, who was fantastic, by the way. I mean, not that everybody hasn't been, but she's one of those voices that I've heard a lot, but I've never really met her before. And you know, we all know how tricky it can sometimes be to do it. You know, do a show with somebody you don't, you know, you haven't really worked with personally because of timing and you know whatever, and just trying to mesh. Uh, Heidi Tauber, who was uh, the co-host on the Tom Hartman show until she was unceremoniously fired and then scrubbed from all of the station's websites and podcasts. Um, with no explanation given, of course. Uh, she was here yesterday, and she was great. So we had somebody else lined up today, who I will not identify. Uh, and this, we had double-checked with this person yesterday. We're like, hey, you're going to make it in. You're going to be here. It's going to be great. We can't wait to give you, a, you know, give you a, to give you a voice. We can't wait to give you the exposure that you've been missing. 
And, and then we got the email today at like 9.55. Sorry, driveway realized he can't back up. Maybe another, maybe another time. Which I, you know, all right, you know, whatever. Um, so we then called somebody else. We got a long list of unemployed people to call. Let's just put it that way. There's, there's no shortage of unemployed people. But even the unemployed apparently have schedules and things to do. Who knew? So we called somebody else who was on our short list this morning. And I won't identify this person either. We called him, Sarah and I called him this morning. We said, you know, we left a message like, hey, uh, we talked to you about coming on the show. We had somebody kind of flake on us today. Do you want to, you know, do you want to come in? And that person didn't get back to us until literally five minutes ago. Uh, by which point, unfortunately, we had already uh, filled the slot. So, Were they uh, still sleeping? I didn't say that, Richie. You said that. Well, you got to get up in the morning, right? If you want a job, right? Like, <laughs> you mean here to... or in general? Well, in general, you can't sleep till in noon. In... Well, well, some people get depends on the job. You got a little rain outside. Oh, I can't drive in the rain. I mean, how that's, you get a job? that's you who said that, Richie. I didn't say that. No, I'm having the hardest time, too. I'm trying to remember the last name of my therapist because I need to cancel my appointment. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember it. When, you, when is your appointment? Today at 4. Uh, and it's at the top of, like, it's in North Portland. And they're going to charge you for that, too. I don't care. I don't you only have five hours notice. No, that's going to be scary driving uh, over there. Wait, the to top it. of North Portland? What do you mean the top well, of I mean, North like, Portland? I mean, like, you know, up when, like, up near, like, Fremont. Oh. Like, up there where it's, like, you know, yeah. where it gets pretty high up there. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead and, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, yes, it's uh, run by Dr. Bromden. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, you you charge you you uh, cancel with less than twenty four hours. They, uh, I always, you know, here's the thing. Whenever I can't make it, like whenever you do, you have to cancel, and you always feel like you should tell the shrink, like, look, uh, I'm paying for this anyway because I canceled. Because the deal with the shrink, for those of you who are not in the care of at least one mental health professional, you really ought to try it. It's quite something. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, there's a series of fine psychotropic medications we could probably recommend for, uh, on this show. Uh, so Sarah's in therapy, uh, has in the past uh, been on Prozac. Uh, ditto all the above statements for me. Richie was actually in a nut house for three weeks at one point. So we we know what we, this is not a theoretical discussion. We know what we're talking about here. Let me urge you to uh, go be put into some sort of intensive mental care right now. You might find it amusing. But like most men of the couch. You know, uh, Sarah Shrink, if you cancel with less than 24 hours notice, they'll still charge you for it. And so I always felt like when you're canceling with less than 24 hours notice, you ought to be able to tell the guy, like, look, I'm still paying, so I demand that you sit there in that chair and your fat ass thinks about me for one hour. For 50 <laughs> minutes, you're going to sit there, uh, you pencil neck, and you're, you're going to think about me for 50 minutes. And while we're on the subject, before we get on to who's going to be doing the news today, what is this business of a 50-minute hour? Charge me for 50 minutes. I know, minutes. right? Because I get there at 4 o'clock, and then all of a sudden I'm promptly shown the door at 4.50. If you're going to charge me, if it's an if it's like, let's say, for a user round number, if it's 100 bucks for an hour, then it seems like I had to be paying like $85 for 50 minutes. Yeah, but don't they write like 10 minutes of a report afterwards? No, like, they, but that's what they claim, but that's, they're lying. That's a, You know that that's not true. They analyze you. No, you know, they're just, you know, they're just sitting there and they're doing a Sudoku puzzle <laughs> or something. Um, all right. Well, did you, now you were in, locked away in a nuttery, but you didn't, um, but you don't go to a shrink, do you? Not uh, my business, I guess. Not but. now, which I probably should more than both of you, but. Yes, uh, yes no, I agree. In the past, I, was, I went up to OSHU and there was like three, I got interviewed by three different ones. They, like, uh. Would would a shrink interview you and then kind of whisper something and then say, can you hold on a second? And then would the shrink leave the room and get another shrink? And would they come back and stand in the doorway and point at you and go, no, they had like high heels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I bet I could call our insurance company and just say, hey, this is her first name. Can you find her for me? Probably. Okay. Don't you have her phone number? No, I never put it in my phone. How do you get a hold of her? 
You can't. You don't know how to get a hold of her. Do you just show up? Yeah. Well, how did you get there in the first place? What do you mean? I drive. But I mean, how did... I understand that, but they must have told you where to go. Yeah. Well, they gave me a bunch of names, and then, like, I called, you know... Don't you have her address? I have her address, but it's on, like, a piece of paper. Google the address. Well, I don't really remember. You just know how to get there. Yeah, I know how to get there. All right. Your insurance pay for it? I know the color of her house. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Let me introduce you to a little uh, ailment called ADD, Sarah <laughs> Dillon. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, so uh, so our, the person who was going to be on the show today to do the news, who we will not identify because I don't wish to uh, I don't wish to give the person's name as we're slagging Lazy. him off for not making it out of his driveway. Uh, he wasn't able to come in today, and uh, the our sort of backup choice didn't get back to us until like five minutes ago. By which point it was too late. Uh, so joining us today uh, will be the fabulous. Byron Beck. Who, uh, and Byron and I have actually already been together once today, in a biblical sense. Also because uh, he was. Also because we shot another episode of Outlook Portland this morning, and, and this is actually by this is the second time he's been on. So Byron and I were actually uh, at a TV studio a couple hours ago filming Outlook Portland. So he'll be in today. Didn't you do that yesterday too? In the yeah. Morning? Well, I'm trying to get you know the holidays. I trying saw to get Big Jim and Adam outside talking yeah. about it. Trying to get uh, trying to get a whole lot in the can, as they say. So. Big episode. Insert pun here. Uh, in any event, uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello. And there you go. You look like I'm a bumblebee. Well. I was going to ask, wearing a yeah, Sarah's wearing a very fetching yellow and black on a striped ensemble today, which I quite Indeed. like. All right. Well, because I told you about my weird leaking closet, right? No, Does no, I you won't. didn't. I'll wake up in the morning sometimes. Is it leaking with the blood of? Uh, was it? Is it leaking with the blood of children who were killed there earlier in a triple homicide? <laughs> Well, I can't really figure it out, so I don't have um, an it, actual closet. This isn't like a poltergeist thing, right, where there's like a mysterious know. blood that oozes out from something because of something that happened in 1850? Well, it isn't blood, but I don't really know what it is. It's like it's like it smells like musty water, and I'll wake up in the morning sometimes. So I stick all my clothes into a cabinet because I don't have a closet because right. I live in the bottom part of a house, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'll wake up in the morning sometimes, and like just certain shirts will be soaking wet, like... Ringing out. How old is your house? It's your like a hundred years old, I think. So, and you did live on Asylum Avenue. Yes. I'm just saying. Have you ever considered the fact that there may be something untoward no, going so on? No, sometimes I'll wake, I'll wake up and like I'll, I'll want to wear a sweater and I'll pick it up and it'll be soaking wet. Well, that's weird. Is it's your, really is weird. the ceiling of your closet wet? No, because it, it isn't a closet. It's just a cabinet. Like it's a, it's a wooden cabinet. Well, maybe the, uh, maybe the, maybe it gets there's condensation and the walls are kind of sweating. But it isn't just no, it isn't condensed and it's always like the clothes in the middle. It isn't on the outside and they aren't just like mildly wet. They're soaking wet. Which I think there must be something leaking. I think there's something leaking from um, there's like that china cabinet thing. Uh huh. But there isn't a is pipe. Is this the there. cabinet where your handbags are? Yeah. All but right. there isn't a pipe there, but it looks like the water is coming from there. Okay, then. It's have you ever creepy. researched the history of your building? I'd rather not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, we could look into that. We have, we know people. I know a guy who's a ghost hunter. We could uh, yeah, we could was... have somebody examine that. We could film it. Well, yeah, it was kind weird. of weird because, like, I, I didn't stay the night at my house. So I'm like, maybe, you know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and getting water and, like, accidentally... Pouring it into the closet. Pouring it in my closet. I don't know. But, but then um, I didn't stay the night at my house, and I came back the next day, and they were wet from the night before. And the, it's the clothes in the middle? Yeah, it's That's very strange. strange. That's completely strange. Yeah, and the ceiling isn't wet, and the, the, my wallpaper is, isn't wet. The, the floor isn't wet. It's just the clothes in the middle. It's just Are the they, Is this like laundry maybe that you're hanging up without having dried no, it? No, no, it's just like sweaters and stuff. That doesn't make any sense at all. It makes no sense, and so I'll pick something up, um, getting ready to wear it, and it'll be soaking wet. So this is basically one of the dry things that I could find. Today. I totally do that, too. No, I did this thing. I dropped my, you know, I get my laundry done. Uh, there's a, you know, I don't do my own. Uh, at this point, I've just, I've decided to accept the fact that I can't iron correctly. So I, I just I've take, never ironed. See, but I have to, like, 
oh, yeah, shirts like this, you know. Um, so I just take my laundry to get done, but I forgot to put it in my day planner. And if it's not the day planner, it doesn't get done. And I forgot to pick it up. So I had this whole three or four days where she was closed, and there, I had nothing to wear. So I was literally just rooting around trying to find anything that didn't stink and then trying to kind of wash it and kind of iron it and whatever. So, um, All right. Well, by the way, before we break, because we gotta get uh, we got to get back here in a few to talk to Lisa Desjardins and so forth, we should note that we're all here today, by the way. All of us made it out of our respect. Some of us, and by some of us, I mean me, Rick Emerson, made it out of our driveways all the way to Beaverton this morning and all the way back to Portland with no demonstrable difficulty. And because up. we are game day players, Richie Bristol. We show up where we're needed. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, uh, anyway. Uh, and, and so forth. <laughs> and it's... As uh, a former program director of mine used to say, it is butt-clenchingly cold outside. So uh, if you have to work outside today, Godspeed to you. Your life sucks. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Lisa Desjardins. Later on, Amanda Moyer, Steve Kassamon, Jim Roop, Byron Beck. Uh, Laid-off Portland journalist will uh, join us in the studio and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Crazy. Right, did you get a hold of your shrink? I did. I left her a message, and I, I had two cancels. You should have ended it with just like a strangled scream. <laughs> I won't be able to be in because of the waffles. Click. Uh, why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, Amanda Moyer, Top 5. Byron Beck will be here. Uh, high Concept Wednesday and uh, so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, how are you doing? I'm glad you're back at this time. It was kind of weirding me out to have you in the afternoon. It was kind of throwing me off. Uh, you know, it, it worked for you. It was kind of weird. It was almost like I was, um, like, like school had been out for the day, and I had a, I was doing my homework at 12 in the afternoon. Like so this is homework. So this is really just a I know, struggle. I that I didn't mean, well, that I, uh, mm-hmm. I got, maybe that I got to play at a different time. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. It's too, you know, <laughs> you can't, too late to make a, to make a purse out of that sow's so, You know what that really is a comment on is on the fact that when we had off from school, I was doing homework during the day. That's what that's a comment on. Really? That's because you're fantastic. That's, uh, mm. really, can we just, can we just cut to the chase? You are in fact, or at least were the living embodiment of Lisa Simpson, were you not? Of, of what? Lisa Simpson. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's just let's just call yeah, it what it is. Without the musical talent, yes. All right. Well, you know, but she doesn't have musical talent. Remember her? Uh, remember that episode where she found that her fingers are too stubby? Oh, that's right. That is right. That's why she can never be a, a, a complete, you know, brilliant saxophonist because she has stubby yellow little fingers, and only four yeah. of them, by the way. So, all right. Right. Do you have any musical talent? Um, no, not really. I mean, I've, I bet you took piano lessons. But you know, but it's up, very up and down, up did, and down on the singing. Did you take piano lessons? No, really? I did a violin briefly. Oh, see, I could see that. I guess if I was going to list the top three instruments you likely studied, oh. uh, I would have said piano, violin, I guess maybe just those two. Uh, I guess I can't think of any other instrument that would have had you practice. No, it's, I got uh, Very dorkily. Uh, did they, uh, they make you do, like, dance classes or some crap, did they? Yeah, no, I did. I, I was a big, I danced for, like, uh, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. Really? Yeah. What kind of dance, if I may ask? Yeah, mostly ballet, but also tap and jazz. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. So what you lack in Lisa Simpson's jazz playing abilities, uh, you, you make up for jazz, jazz dancing abilities. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right. That's great. Always remember, it's the notes they don't play, Lisa. 
okay. Uh, so, and Please, so right. forth. Right. Uh, so, Barack Obama and the cabinet and so forth. I think I might have asked you this yesterday. I might have asked somebody. I forget. But this, is it just my perception that Barack Obama really seems to already be kind of acting like he's the president? Or is that really the case? And is it because he's really doing that? Or is it because George Bush has just thrown in the towel or both? Well, you know, you heard, uh, you know, Congressman Barney Frank's fantastic remark a couple of weeks ago about this. Uh, maybe. Let's yeah, pretend he, I did. He said, you know, Barack Obama keeps reminding us that we only have one president. And I think that greatly overestimates the number of presidents that we have. At wow, that is a great comment. Go, Barney <laughs> Frank. Good for him. Well done. Yeah. So I think I think there is definitely some of kind of the Bush you know, Bush is doing the Christmas. He's at the White House Christmas party was last night, and he's doing all of kind of his end of uh, term interviews, wrapping things up. You know, figuring who he wants to invite over for dinner. Um, you know, not to say that they're he's obviously paying very close attention to the auto bailout, and there is still work that they're doing. But he knows, and everybody knows, uh, that he really is not as big of a factor. And Barack Obama, meanwhile, is the one who's going to have to tackle all of these problems. So yeah. You could say that he is, you know, he he hasn't said, he's been very careful. He's announced all of these things. He's announced very general policies, but he has not really weighed in on specifics, including all of these bailouts, any foreign policy. He's had very general statements, uh, nothing that would indicate, you know, I have decided this or I believe that. He's kind of stayed out of it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So what is the last administration that inherited a country in such weird, dire straits? Well, I, I think you can go clearly to FDR coming out of Herbert Hoover. But, I mean, is that is that the, the, the last president? I mean, has there been anything since then? Because you can make the case that Reagan, I guess, you know, got a country that was... I make the case for Reagan, know. and especially because we obviously had very serious foreign policy problems at that point as well, uh, and the economy. You're right. I think, yeah, Reagan's probably a good example. And, you know, Barack Obama loves... Uh, pointing to Reagan um, as a positive example of some things, and Democrats, some Democrats hate that, but Barack Obama, uh, you know, said, hey, he was a guy who brought the country together, and that's something we can learn from. I do have to say, there's something, I mean, really, I do like the fact that Barack Obama does already seem to be irritating any number of, of, of far-left liberals. I mean, there is something really gratifying about that. Um, <laughs> because, you know, because you're in Portland, I mean, you're just, you're just, just, just surrounded by hippies and nitwits everywhere you go. And... <laughs> You know, and you know, and look, we're all we're 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 you know, we our hearts bleed more than most uh, on this show, especially in the world of talk radio. But there, but I do just, I there is something, there is something just satisfying in a perverse way about all of these folks who were so deeply behind Barack Obama, just immediately having, uh, just having kind of the cold fish of reality slap them across the face, uh, starting with appointing Hillary Clinton Secretary of State, who, to in the opinion of many. I mean, he was really no better than a Republican. So, I mean, it's just, oh, it, it, I mean, you know, you, know what, but you know what I mean? It's like all, all through no, the primaries, there was this, you know, the, the, the Hillary Clinton, as much as the Clintons back in 92 were, were viewed as the fresh wind and the new voice and, the, right. you know, whatever, that now they were viewed so much as the establishment party. And, uh, you know, the establishment, she was the establishment candidate and she was very much of the old politics and Barack Obama was going to come in and he was going to you know, the remake things from the ground up, and it was going to be a brand new political system. And so the first thing he does is, you know, appoint Hillary Clinton secretary of state and, uh, you know, and get a, then get a, a chief of staff who worked with the Clintons, who won't answer any questions about anything. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it is going to be an interesting four years because if he can make this country work, I think he's probably going to get credit for just one of the biggest, one of the biggest right. turnarounds in American history. Yeah, you know, so many people just kept saying, oh, poor Barack Obama. But, yeah, I think that this is – you just don't get opportunities to be a great president the way that he has gotten the opportunity. Yeah. Oh. 
It really is. This is going to be like an Icarus uh, sort of a thing, where depending on how he flies, it's either going to be fantastic glory or desperate shame. Yeah. All right. Um, well, there's probably other things to talk about, but really, my brain feels empty at the moment. Wait, no, hold on. That's good. That's good. I because I've got to. I've got to go anyway. We've got mandatory diversity training today. Are you kidding me? No. How can? Let me ask you this real quickly before you have mandatory diversity training. Right. How can? How can it really serve its function if the diversity is in fact mandatory? Doesn't that really defeat the purpose? Isn't the point of isn't the point that you're supposed to welcome diversity and in fact it's not supposed to be imposed on you? You're supposed to just seek it out as a person because you yourself are open-minded and tolerant. But then I would say those who are not tolerant would never come voluntarily to open their minds. I suppose, but screw those people. I mean, really, if you're not, I mean, that's, uh, don't you think we've reached the point uh, in America where if you're just going to be some narrow-minded racist or sexist or homophobic nitwit, like, that's your problem, pal, because the world continues to evolve, and you know what your punishment for being a bigot will be? Uh, You're just going to spend the rest of your life being afraid and angry and irritated, and you're going to die young of heart disease because that's what happens to bad people. I'm going to stand up at this uh, training session and and, and see if I can... You know, get that idea. Seriously, across. I mean, I just, that's the, my final comment, and I'll let you go. Is going to be is going to be this. First of all, uh, I, I should send you at some point the diversity manual that they make us take at CBS, which is hilarious. Okay. It is hilarious. Uh, I mean, the next time you're on, I'll get my blue book and I'll quiz you. I'll give you some CBS diversity questions. But when I'm president, I'm just going to put out a memo that's going to be like, you know what, diversity training is over. It's a diverse country. Uh, you know, those of you who are on the team are going to enjoy life. Those of you who aren't, you're just going to die miserable and alone. So, you know, like, get with the program and get into the 21st century or be left behind. <laughs> on that note, Good. all right, may the good news be yours, and we will talk to you soon, Lisa. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Mandatory diversity training. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, I forgot about this. Did we mention this on the air that Lisa was the lead vocalist for a Russian punk band? Yes. Okay, so we when we, we had did dinner with the her. Listener party, I remember. Yeah. Um because uh, Todd the Corpse says, Rick, of course Lisa has musical talent. How can we forget her being the lead vocalist for that Russian punk band? Lisa Desjardins is the greatest person ever. Well, who can disagree? Uh and uh and she can apparently dance. 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 All right, five oh three seven three three two nine seventy in like uh I don't know, two minutes or <coughs> pardon me. Wait, am I coughing again? No. Uh, okay. In like uh, two minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer about our good friend Rod Blagojevich. We need to figure out a theme for Amanda Moyer, too, because we're having her she's on She's been more on more. a lot lately, and I have, uh, I have no theme. We are essentially themeless uh, in terms of Amanda, so I got nothing. Um, so I'll just uh, fill this remaining a couple of uh, moments here. We got some email to read, and I got a couple observations. Some of these are completely pointless. Some of them are only quasi-pointless. Some of them are, in fact, very pointful. I believe there ought to be a video game or a mod uh, for the online, massively multiplayer online role-playing game, uh, World of Warcraft. Somebody ought to create a mod for that, and by somebody I mean Kristen Bowie and Aaron Duran. Somebody ought to create World of Lovecraft, where it's like, but it, you know, so like instead of the Horde, it's like you're fighting for Cthulhu or whatever. That then leads to this thought. I was talking to Chris Paddock about H.R. Puff and stuff, which is, uh, Paddock and I, one of the very first things we bonded about, uh, you know, when, when he started working here, is... Our love of Sid and Marty Croft and their various, you know, they did like H.R. Puffin stuff and um, uh, Dr. Shrinker and Land of the Lost and uh, the Bugaloos and whatever. So I was talking about H.R. Puffin stuff. There ought to be like an H.P. Lovecraft and stuff or something. Somebody else will figure out a better way to say that. But there ought to be like an H.R. Puffin stuff Lovecraft kind of mashup. So like instead of so like instead of H.R. Puffin stuff, who was like a big 
I don't even know what he was. What the hell was... I'm asking Sarah like you'll know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Of course you don't, because I'm ancient. <laughs> uh, all right, hold on a second. I'm going to ask Chris Paddock. I got to just get a phone directory down here, because I always have to call the front. CBS Radio Portland. Hi, I'm looking for Chris Paddock, please. Uh, Okay, just a moment. Thank you. Okay. Did you know? I gotta get like a little uh, like a laminated if phone sheet or something. Of dollars or more. That's bad news for credit card companies. Oh, you know, I think, it, I think it's you. that one of the jamming guys I saw him up there earlier. Hmm. Oh, see. see if he answers the phone. I want to know what HR Puffin stuff was. This is like a what the hell is goofy kind of a conversation. Your call is being answered by IP office. Chris Paddock. He's not so available. To so like zestful about it. For the tone. When I can't wait to receive your voicemail. Pound for more options. Otherwise, for assistance, press zero now. Record at the tone. Hey, Chris Paddock. Uh, Rick Emerson, Sarah Dillon, 1143, Wednesday. I was calling to ask you, is, is H.R. Puffinstuff, is he a dragon or something? What is... What is H.R. Puffin stuff? What, what is the, what, what sort of creature is he? Uh, I mean, it's like a goofy... So what's he from? Is he like from a commercial or something? <sighs> is he a cartoon? See, uh, see, this is what, Chris, this is why you have to call me back. Because I just, I, cause I feel ancient. Because Sarah's like 12. So uh, call me back when you get a chance. All right, thanks. Bye. Um, have you ever accidentally ended a business call with, I love you? I did that once. I think I have once. Like 10 years ago I did that. Because, you know, you just get in the habit of saying it. Uh, so, anyway. All right. Um, yeah, not that I was going to say that. Now, I don't love Chris Paddock. I like girls. <laughs> and no way. Look away. Um, anyway, so H.R. Puffin stuff was this was this kid's show uh, that was on in the 70s and then the, a little bit of the 80s. And it was, it was it basically a whole, the whole cast. It was like a couple of humans, but then it was a whole cast of, in basically huge mascot cost like you know the mcdonald's characters how they're like in big mascot oh, like costumes Grimace? totally but it was like a whole show of characters basically in that kind of outfit mm-hmm. uh so uh let's uh we'll welcome chris paddock to the program in just one moment let's talk to cna radio correspondent and stylish woman about town amanda moyer hello amanda hi how are you today i'm well how are you now is that a stock answer or is that a real well where on the classic <laughs> one to five scale how how good are you today on one to five scale it's a three. Well, see, that's not well. Well, I guess it's passable. You, you are, yeah, you are slightly. Well, ab- that's like a sixty percent. You're, you're above average today, in terms yeah. of happiness. Okay, excellent. Well, hey, look, at least you're not uh, Rod Blagojevich or Jesse Jackson Jr. who are having a bad week. So, oh, that's for sure. First of all, Rod Blagojevich now just seems like it's sort of a you want me come and get me kind of a thing, where he's he's like a like a Jimmy Cagney sort of. We're gonna have to go in there with like uh, we're gonna have to go in there with a taser and some pliers to get him out from behind that desk, I think. Because this, like the longer, is it a fair statement that the longer this impeachment process and all of this stuff takes, the more likely that he'll somehow survive this? Is that a fair assessment, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think experts are saying that, that the longer this goes on, because they'll be able to find loopholes or maybe there is something that that is overblown. Now, according to his lawyer, he says the whole thing is overblown. Uh, and then... Of course, we've got this committee that's meeting uh, to see if there's basis for the impeachment, but that could take a couple of weeks. And also, for the first time, Bogoyevich actually came out 
to reporters. He kind of spoke to them. He didn't really say anything important, but it was kind of almost like he was just giving them a little something. He came out of his house and said that he really does want to talk and that he soon will give his side, but he never, ever commented on the specific allegation. Somebody told me one time, uh, who was it? Who was it? Was it Peter Carlin from the Oregonian? I think it was uh, we, uh, a good friend of ours who writes for the Oregonian was telling us, I don't know if this is true, he heard that Rod Blagojevich was very, very particular about his hairbrush and that he did, in fact, refer to the hairbrush as, quote, the football, which is, of course, what they refer to that thing, the, the, the nuclear first strike codes that the guy behind the president is always carrying with him. So I'm just saying he seems like he seems like a guy that he seems like a guy that is either probably a really brilliant politician or just flat out crazy or maybe some combination of the two. That's simply my editorial observation uh, protected by the First Amendment. The now am, speaking about uh, Representative Jesse Jackson, Jr., uh, of course, son of the famed civil rights leader, is is it true now that he has been informing on Blagojevich to the man for like a decade now? That is exactly correct. That's fantastic. So it just more news comes out every day as we were talking about, just like a soap opera. Now Jesse Jackson Jr., a spokesman for him, says the congressman has been giving information to federal authorities for years, but not in this specific case with uh, under this specific investigation, but he's been doing it for years about Blagojevich. And he even the, he gave an example as well. Um, Blagojevich apparently wanted a $25,000 campaign contribution back in 2002 when he was running for governor, and Jackson refused to give it to him. Now, at this time, Jackson's wife was running for director of the state's lottery commission. She did not get the job, and uh, later on, Bogoyevich allegedly said to Jackson the money could have changed the outcome, something to that effect. So this is weird, though, because didn't uh, didn't uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. didn't he have some press conference a couple of days ago where he's where he was talking about wanting this Senate seat and saying I thought that. You know, I thought the Governor Blagojevich operated in an above-board and straightforward fashion. Everyone judged on their merits. I see now that was not the case. When clearly he couldn't have thought that if, like, he was getting – there was, like, some shakedown just a few years ago. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people are saying. Well, why didn't he say that in the press conference when he held that and he was um, – uh, talking about being the candidate, one of the candidates for the vacant Senate seat that was mentioned, why didn't he come forth there and say, you know, I knew about all this corruption, I've been helping federal authorities. That, that would tend to clear his name more so, but now that he's saying it afterwards, some people are saying, why? Boy, you know, Chicago and Illinois, that's just the best place ever in terms of, I mean, if, you, if you're on the, like, the sort of graft and scandal beat, Chicago is just, uh, that, is, that is the Tigris and Euphrates uh, there of political uh, controversy. So. Apparently, especially since the former governor, the prior governor, he is in prison for some other type of corruption. Of course. So this keeps going on and on. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. All right, uh, Amanda Moyer. Hey, by the way, now we seem to be having you on uh, more and more often, which uh, of course is delightful because uh, you because you know you, you you sound great and the, you know you always you have a, you have a firm grasp of the things that I really just don't ever understand at all. So um, that being said. As you may know, uh, a lot of the uh, CNN correspondents who are sort of regulars on the show, we uh, have their own themes and their own introductory music. Uh, do you, Amanda Moyer, have a song that you would like to have used as your introductory theme? I don't know, but I was going to ask you about that. How many times it takes to come on your show before you get theme music? Well, I think the answer is this many, Amanda. 
Uh, this is how many licks it takes to get to the center of the theme music Tootsie Pop. So uh, Lisa Desjardins has the West Wing theme. Jim Roop has I Love L.A. by Randy Newman. Uh, Ed McCarthy has Georgia, sort of an instrumental version. Uh, would you like to think about it, get back to me, or do you have something you'd like to like us to use? I think I'd like to think about it. All right. Will you Unless ponder you it? you had something specific that oh. you were thinking of. All right. Well, you know, it would be premature. I don't want to be uh, – you just uh, – you roll it around your head. You let me know uh, what you come up with, and we'll make it so. All right. Sounds All right. good. Thank you, Amanda Moyer. Right, there you go. <laughs> Amanda Moyer from CNN in Atlanta. CNN Center in Atlanta, which, uh, of course, Chris Paddock, used to be what building? It was the world of Sid and Marty Croft. It was the home of the world's giant um, – Escalator. Yeah, the world's tallest escalator. Tallest escalator and uh, a giant pinball machine. Is that true? I didn't know. It was like a ride where I think you could uh, uh, bounce around as if you were a pinball inside a pinball. That is fantastic. You know what I want? I want a pinball. I want a a Disney ride or whatever, like some sort of an amusement park ride, where you're inside that Sesame Street, that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve thing. So love that. All right, what is HR Puff and stuff? HR Puff and stuff is a uh, television program from uh, the late '60s, early '70s. It starred Jack Wilde, who played the Artful Dodger in Oliver. That was his claim to fame. But it was about a young little a little boy who travels to this island. He's taken on a boat and in a drift in a storm is washed ashore Why into this island. Well, I'm trying to explain it to you. So I don't know. I feel like we ought to be playing the Shatner <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Under anyway, no, uh, you're just yeah. So you, do you know I'm emoting on a boat. On a boat! On a river! No, so he washes ashore, and it's called Living Island, and everything there talks. Trees, candlesticks. The flute. The flute, yeah, the that, flute he, that, he that he was playing with. Uh, that is actually a, a musical instrument. Uh, he was kicked out of the band for playing his flute badly. That's, that's what kind of got him in trouble, if you've seen the film Puff and stuff. But uh, it, it is ruled by a mayor who is actually a dragon, a giant man in a puppet outfit, Called H.R. Puffin stuff. Okay, now is he a dragon? Yes. Because uh, Richie is telling me, hey, Richie, was this. So so TC called about this and she said, what? All right, so... A dinosaur, and you thought it was a dragon? No, it's a dragon. Well, I don't really know. So, um, uh, so Teresa Daywald, who is, uh, is mm. sort of the information sure. overlord uh, here at, uh, at CBS Radio Portland, uh, she, uh, I mean, so she's saying it's a dinosaur, which I, I guess... No. No, and I, mean, I have this on good authority. I would like you to know that I do. Several years ago, I tracked down the man who was inside the suit of H.R. Puff and stuff on the actual television program. Like the guy. Van Snowden. Van Snowden. Later, later was the puppeteer of the Crypt Keeper. Is this really? Yes. So this is, wait, so he was just a guy in a suit who then later uh, was, the, was the, the sort of, so he was a puppeteer. Yes. But he was in this mascot suit for H.R. Puff and stuff. Yeah, much like uh, Carol Spinney is inside the suit of uh, Carol Big Spinney, Bird. who's a man, by the way. Yes. I was thought because yeah. first name Carol, I thought Big Bird was like a woman named Carol mm-hmm. Spinney, a man named a Carol. Dude. A dude named Carol. Yeah. Not unlike famed serial killer Carol Chessman. Thank you. Except without the killing. That's I'm nice. sorry. I don't mean to put that, that confluence in there. What was, that, what was worse now, Sarah? His uh, his serial killer inside the Big Bird outfit, uh, or my explanation of HR Puff? All right. You guys so, both have kind of a serial killer vibe today. So, Thank you. It's the cold weather. Uh, I was going to make a Ted Bundy joke. <laughs> uh, a really inside Ted Bundy joke, too. I was going to say, could you just put your hair down today, oh. Sarah? About shoulder length, maybe? Put on a blonde wig? Uh, have this couch in my van? Anyway, so TC says a dinosaur. You say a dragon. Dragon? Is there a, so? You, but that's from the guy who was in the suit. Van Snowden said it's a dragon, and then we had to ask, what does the HR mean? Right. 
And I found this out. It means his royal. All right, his royal puffin stuff. Yes, because he All was right. the mayor. Okay, fair enough. And that's why he wore the sash. Well, and this is, and of course, it was later found out in court that Disney, we were talking about the McDonald's, that some of those, those Disney, or Disney, I keep saying Disney, but some of those McDonald's characters were really inspired by H.R. Puffin stuff. And the Croft Brothers sued. Yeah, and there was a little bit of a settlement there because they were, you know, they were, the inspiration was a little too close for comfort yeah. for some folks. So, but this all goes back to my point that there ought to be H, H, HP Lovecraft and stuff. <laughs> but I don't know, but, but like, I don't know what you, it would, you couldn't call it that. It would have to be like some other, some other. Shortened name that isn't like retarded. But How about it like H.R. Geiger. H.R. Like Geiger. The guy who designed the alien. H.R. And did uh, the, the Hello, of Jimmy. Kennedy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to point out what too. What little teeth you have? My theory about Puff and stuff being a dragon was there was a smoke shop in my hometown uh-huh. of Tucson, Arizona, and it was called Puff and Stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. It's like Puff the Magic Dragon. They yeah. always try to make some and sort of reference to the weed yeah. and so yeah. forth. So I was thinking, so there's H.R. Geiger stuff, which is funny, and there's H.P. Lovin' stuff. Ooh. See, H.P. Lovin' stuff, maybe you could do that, but it, but it would be like instead of H.P. instead of H.R. Puffin stuff, who's like a dragon slash dinosaur, it would be like a big sort of foam rubber Cthulhu. <laughs> Hello, kids. I'm the thing that should not be. I am the color of outer space. <laughs> Aaron is really laughing wow. right now. Wherever he yeah. is, wow. there's like five dudes who have like pewter pendants of a dragon skull clutching a crystal ball, and they are laughing their asses off. That is rad. I'm going to go to a Ren fair and I'm going to sell that idea. You should. Guy. There you go. You have your own booth. Maybe serve up some Indian fry bread. You heard it. You heard it here, kids. You, this is the, that is where this originated. This joke copyrighted 2008 Rick Emerson Show. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Mine, baby. Sweet. All right. I knew you would have the answer to this. Thank though. you. Well, right. yeah. if anyone wants to argue with me about any crop stuff, I'm uh, I'm standing by because I have nothing better to do. You should have snowing. a hotline for that. Oh, I should. Yeah. yeah the pop like culture it. argument line. I like that. Like a turkey, like the butterball people. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, And then do you want to tease tomorrow's top five? Ooh, very excited about this. I think this is what got us on this whole kick. Uh, tomorrow, top five, according to me, uh, top five flexi disc and or cereal box records. So these are the top five songs that uh, it, they were originally delivered into the hands of youths on the back of a cereal box or otherwise on a flexi disc, which was like a little plasticky piece of paper. Inside a book or a magazine. Yeah. yeah. So that so is fantastic. ready for that. Because you had like nine. Have you boiled it down to six? I have, yes. Right, so I could almost do a top five with just nothing but my honorable mentions. I know. That's always the difficulty. Is it's not what you put on, it's what you leave off. True. Because then you got to find a re. You have to justify leaving it off the list. Remember this, Rick Emerson, that sacrifice is the essence of focus. Do we not? I'll leave you on that. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Paddock, Rock 101 KUFO. All right. Uh, back after this, we got news for you and stuff. Uh, coming up later on. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastam. I'm James Roop. Uh, we'll do today's top five. Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas coming up as well. And uh, High Concept uh, Wednesday. Back after this. Stay right there. And kitties listen to
Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Good gracious, it's snowing outside. Is it snowing where you are? It's snowing where we are. Uh, and it's you know what? Here's the thing. And it's not that lame snow. It's like the tiny little no, it's hard. Big, chunky snow. But you know what I mean? Like sometimes well, it's the big fluffy white uh, sort of dreamy Santa land, uh, you know. Uh, it's like we're in a snow globe. Christmas story snowflakes. Yeah. The, because sometimes you the, it's snowing outside. You walk out and it's like small little razor sharp pieces of ice begin penetrating your skin. And then you just curse the God that made the weather. Uh, but today, at least for now, at the moment, it's the good snow outside. Oh, still playing. All right, there we go. Uh, it's 503 Byron Beck uh, is uh, in the house, as they say. I believe he is uh, using the men's room. He'll return in just a moment. We will begin the news hour. Although I should say that he, he did exactly the right thing. He walked into the studio, and he hadn't been in here 30 seconds just now, and he handed us bottles of booze. What did you get? I got, uh, let's see, the original Sailor Jerry Spiced Navy Rum. That's exactly what I have, Sarah. 92 proof. Virgin Island Rum with spiced caramel and other natural flavors. I've never heard of Sailor Jerry. Would you like... never heard of Sailor Jerry? No, is it like a knockoff of Captain Morgan? Or Admiral Nelson? No, it's like a, it's like a total branding thing. I mean, have you seen, like, like old, like, flash tattoo art and stuff? No. Well, I mean, I, oh, I know what tattoo art is, but I'm saying, is this like a known brand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I don't know. I, I, I even have a pair of Chucks with a Sailor Jerry design. Really? Uh-huh. That's pretty great. Yeah, you've seen them. Have you ever had Admiral Nelson rum? I don't think so. Oh, I'm fantastic. not a big rum fan. Oh, dude, it's like a dollar ninety-nine. It's the best thing ever. They you can probably get the liquor store across the street right now. It's... I forgot about the liquor store. We used to go there all the time when we worked at KOTK. That's right, Sarah. Those were good times. Those were good times. It's almost hard to believe that they had to sell all those radio stations eventually. <laughs> that was a uh, shocker. Uh, but there was Captain Morgan, and then if you looked in the bottom shelf, there was this stuff. I mean, it was like really like way in the back and covered in dust. It was Captain Nelson's rum, and. Uh, for if you look at or Admiral Nelson's rum, and if you look at Captain Morgan's spice rum, it says you know the the, good, the captain favored a spicy rum to accompany his spicy life. And with Admiral Nelson, it just says like made in China. Do not you know do not consume or whatever. So, all right, <coughs> pardon me. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We've got lots to get through today. We got a geek watch. Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas coming up. We'll talk to Cena Radio correspondents Jim Roop and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, and before we actually begin the news hour proper, let's say hello to our good friend Byron Beck. Hello, sir. Hello, children. It's like I just saw you a couple hours ago. It, it was. It's like I just saw you yesterday afternoon. Yeah, drinking, <laughs> as always. Where did you see Byron drinking yesterday well, afternoon? Well, we had, uh, we had a, a 
some very fancy cocktails at the Hotel Deluxe yesterday. Well, they were non-alcoholic, but nobody showed up, so we went right to the alcoholic cocktails. <laughs> at the Hotel it, it, Hotel Deluxe has a place called the Driftwood Room, and the Driftwood Room is where if you want to see Sam Adams get his drunk on, it's the place to go. And everyone and, does. And uh, and also, it's it's such the coolest it's Palm so Springs. Neat, like the ambiance and everything yeah, there. Yeah, you feel like you're... Frank Sinatra is going to pop mm-hmm. out. Where is it at? You'd like it. It's classy. It's on the corner of 15th and Yamhill. It's in the Hotel Yamhill. Deluxe, so it's like a super fancy in hotel. In Northwest? Uh, yeah. In, you know, no, in no. Southwest. It would be called the West District. I don't even know. Yeah. What is it like the Pearl? No, the West District. You can't no, just say the near, same thing over again and not explain like it. It's above 10th, in between um, Burnside and Jefferson, and it's that area right below PGE Park. Oh, then, right, okay. So right, it's yeah, that no yeah. man's land that they've been trying to develop into this amazing... Oh, you know, um, and it's actually, not, yeah, and I like that place because it's not snobby at all. Yeah, no, we actually, yeah, we have a, a client who just opened uh, an establishment oh, there as well. Yeah, so we're going to be doing, uh, some CBS will be doing some stuff with them. So that is, a, it's a bustling, it's a bustling area that's on the upswing, right? Upswing! Now. All right. Oh, you're a lot less nervous than you were last time. <laughs> I'm back, kids. I think it has to do with something. Uh, probably something that contributes to that like is the four fact of that these bottles before. Yes, but I think we're missing a mini bottle, and also uh, that you got up early this morning. I got to tell you, I really am impressed that you guys made it out to Beaverton this morning to film Outlook Portland. Although I know you didn't even drive yourself, you actually recruited a driver. Uh, yeah, where, what, drive. where do you live? I live in North Portland. Okay, all right. So it is a bit of a hike. So it's not like you. I see. I somehow thought you already lived in Beaverton for some reason. I, excuse me. I'm just saying. For all your listeners out there, I, I do not live in Beaverton. Byron is so not Beaverton. I'm Rick. sorry. I don't know why. Ooh, Rick, where do you live um, in Southeast? Like on 122nd. Island? I uh, I live in a uh, I live in a less desirable section of uh, Southeast Portland, according to some. And by some, I mean you. Hey, I'm thinking about your neighbor. Be careful. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, you know what? But you know how it is, sir. You tell people where you live, and they go, oh, oh, oh. oh. It's like telling it's like telling somebody so that you live like in it, it turned out to be malignant or something. I live in a place, there was a the homeless man sleeping under a tarp in my backyard. Yeah. And when I left this morning, my doorknob fell off. That's oh, God. <laughs> and plus, my clothes are soaking wet every day. It is glamorous. That's I'm glad wonderful. I pay so much money to live there. But you have a rockin' bod. Thanks, dude. Uh huh. And so, and yeah. she does. Have you ever felt it? Do you mean like felt its presence? No, touched her. You know, this we is an awkward touch. conversation. Sarah and I don't touch. We try not to look at each other most of the time. I think, really, if the truth is known, so. she doesn't put her th- fingers through your hair. Uh, I, Sarah, have you ever put your fingers through my hair? I don't believe I have. I think that's not. Maybe no, that's when, not no, true. when I when I put the hair coloring in your hair when we were Sid and Nancy, and then I put product in your hair. Yeah, well, for Halloween uh, a couple years ago, we went to Sid and Nancy, and uh, they had they her and her sister Heather had to use all this like uh, you know this like spray coloring, and she was like they were like spiking my hair up. So that so, and I think when I got my hair cut one time, I was switching. Uh, like a ha- I was switching hair product and I didn't quite know how to how to use it. Right. And you were all like, "You've got to emulsify the beads." And I'm like, uh-huh. "I don't know what that means." You're like, ah, "Let me show you." And you just kind of and you did the Mr. Miyagi with the hair product, like, <laughs> and then totally went to work on the. Uh, on the so you'll song. shave Richie's pits, but but you won't touch each other. Well, keep in mind that that if somebody paid seventy five dollars for that, and Sarah and I have a warm sibling like relationship. Yeah. So I have to say about Richie's show it was one of the best drag shows I've ever Wasn't seen. He and I, I've seen incredible. a lot of drag shows. I have to say Garcelle, I 
can't believe I'm saying this. Starcell could learn a little bit from Richie well, and I the Lips Cabaret. I didn't quite know what to expect because, I mean, you got to figure that, you know, the place like Darcell's or, you know, some of the, you, those are the ones that get a lot of the attention because they're in Portland and they're, you know, they've sort of been around and they're, you know, I, you know, iconic and whatever. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to knock those places, but they get a lot of the attention, the lion's share of the spotlight. Well, they should. They've been here forever. And so you're thinking, well, I'm going to go to Vancouver and I'm going to see this, I'm going to see this, I'm going to see this drag show. Yeah, Vancouver style. And you're, you're like, well, what is this going to be like? And they came out and they started, I was thinking, all right, well, this is this is sort of interesting. There's some kitsch value here, but it was really good. And Richie's uh, performance, with, there was a drag king, a woman dressed as a man, came up, and Richie and the drag king did a performance of Making Whoopi, yeah. which it was, as I sometimes say about a band that puts out a record, you don't even have to adjust your expectations or your standards to like it. It's really honestly good, and that was really great. It was, it was I mean, I have to say, it was good. It wasn't great, but it, it's, it has potential. Richie, as a drag queen, has amazing potential. Here's the thing about Richie. Did you get the sense, and I think we made this observation to Richie, so I'm not speaking behind his back here. Did you get the sense that there really was no acting involved there? That Richie just found a deep wellspring of something within him? Yeah, that was uh, his secret vagina. It's a new book by Nancy Friday. My secret vagina. Ladies and gentlemen, shall we begin the news hour, Byron? Oh, sure. Why not? I haven't right. read any of it. But so you got, the, uh, you got the news there in front of you. We got the watches. We got regular news. We got the... Joy we, of Christmas. We got one. everything you could possibly imagine. Do we Ladies, get sound cute? Let's That's not right. begin with Joy of Christmas. We'll oh, do that sorry, later on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, we're going to tease Why that we, later on. the hour. the news sounder. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley, Portland laid-off media professional, Byron Beck. And now, from the CBS class. Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is... The news. Are you finding your spectacles? I, I, I need to find my glasses. Really, honest to God, this is really. I can't read the smallest type. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen you wear glasses until you come into the studio. I think the last time you were here was the first time I've ever seen you. Are you? Do you not like to wear them? Are you awkward about them? Uh, I, I just got them. They were a dollar at the dollar store. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Seriously? They're, they're, they're glasses. You are. Me. You are all style. That's great. Were they? Are they on that big like they rotating? Look stylish. Are they in that rotating rack of reading glasses where it's like plus nine? Or whatever on the yes, side. Yes, 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 yes. And there were, they were a dollar, and uh, you know, I'm scared I'm going to lose them. Aren't those things bad for your eyes? Isn't it like looking through magnifying glasses? I think so. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I, th- I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to. Uh... Do I get my cue? Where's my golden girl? Uh, hold on, I'm not. Just before we do that, I'm not trying to make fun of your impending ocular degeneration or anything. But I mean, it. Like, it doesn't really seem like you can just buy off-the-shelf uh, glasses that won't somehow destroy your eyesight over time. Do you would... not wear glasses in life? No, I don't. Do you want to try mine on? No, I don't. Let's uh, let's not say if we start if we start swapping glasses, then we're going to start doing each other's hair, uh, and then it's just going to be then we'll all have to have a slumber party with popcorn. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcoming now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program, our good friend Byron Beck, who will be giving you an assortment of news stories throughout this hour. All right. Shout out to B. Arthur. Uh, Nassau cops, uh, PTA mom, boy found half naked in car. Do you want to try that sentence again from the very beginning? <laughs> I, I highlighted that and I don't know what you just said. Uh, okay, I guess it's... Uh, it really was like you were channeling Tim just now because there were no syllables there that arranged in any order would make anything... Okay, so a PTA mom and a boy found half naked in a car. Police come across fogged up SUV on elementary school grounds. It's starting to sound like Desperate Housewives. Uh, this was in Baldwin, somewhere in Nassau, which I guess is in New York. Uh, a prominent PTA official is facing some serious allegations involving a teenage boy. Um, so, Sarah, have you ever had a teenage boy? Uh, anyways, police arrested Joan Tuck, Tuck Rusky. 
after allegedly find her in the backseat of a parked cart with a 13-year-old boy. Ew. Both of them were partially unclothed. Uh, mm. Now, it doesn't say how old she is, but she looks really... Oh, no, that's the reporter. The reporter looks really old. <laughs> uh, is there a photo of the actual teacher? This story is useless without a photo of no, the teacher. No. Uh, okay, so uh, I feel devastated for the victim, said Steve, no last name, uh, the suspect's neighbor. His son attends school with both the alleged victim and the suspect's daughter and is outraged over charges that Toruski, vice president in charge of fundraising for the school, it's always the development director, uh, endangered the welfare of a 13-year-old boy. You know, and here's the thing, and we should say uh, for the record that uh, laws are to be obeyed and the Rick Emerson Show does not wish to make light of any sort of uh, deviation from lawful behavior in this world of ours, but I... I I really do have to, you have to wonder every time a teacher gets busted for humping a student somewhere, it, wouldn't you just give anything to be sort of a fly on the wall and like some of those, like in whatever, like the, the locker room and the restroom, whatever, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of like note burning, I imagine, that goes on there and a lot of like, dude, you got to totally delete that off your Gmail because uh, the man's going to come looking at that and they're totally going to find out that she was putting it to you. I mean, it's just, so I would also be curious to know, this is kind of like the, um, I always talk about that the business of the, the peanuts allegedly killing kids in schools, which has just sort of come out of nowhere to be America's arch enemy, the nut. Charlie Brown? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a good idea for a story. Child killed by peanuts. And then it's just a picture of, it's a picture of Linus with a blood-soaked bat wrapping, wrapping the victim in his blanket. It's a very um, Charlie Brown murder. <laughs> but Charlie Brown, if I, if I wrap the body in my blanket, what will I cling to? Well, Linus... You're just going to have to learn to find something else. All I want is what I, it's coming to me. All I want is what I deserve. All I... But my whole thing is, like, has this sort of weird teacher sex thing always been at this level of occurrence? It's a PTA member. Well, but she, but she, she, you know, but she works at the school. I mean, yeah, I mean, she works with, at the school with, with, she works with and on children, Sarah. So, like, has that always been the case that there's been this many occurrences or is it like, Shark attacks of the media will kind of seize on sharks one summer, and they'll just blow it all out of proportion. I blame it on television and media. Did you have a teacher that, uh, without the, obviously using any identifying characteristics, was there a teacher at your school? Uh, you mean a guy? No, no, no. I no. mean a teacher that was known to maybe have a little... Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I grew up in a really weird little town called Burbank, Washington, home of Chuck Polinick. Oh, I know Burbank. Author of uh, Fight Club. Yeah, outside of Kennewick. Yes, we had lots... Uh, let's just say on uh, the day the seniors graduated, uh, a lot of things happened. Like, there was a certain history teacher that got high with all the seniors. Really? Yeah. Uh, that, w- that was at, after graduation. That's, you know, I had, a, uh, I had a biology teacher who was fired at one point for making acid in the school, like in the biology lab. Like, he would finish class for the day, and thanks so much. Tomorrow, um, we'll talk about the photosynthesis. Great. Call me. All right. Great. Wonderful. All right. Bye. And it'd be that long, like, one Two, while well, he was waiting for the door to close, and then poof, into the lab like Owsley, uh, just cranking out acid like nobody's business. So there was a simpler time, Byron Beck. Yeah, I will say no names, but there was another teacher who actually had uh, a job, after-school job, in which he hired the most beautiful women from the cheerleading squad. Mm-hmm. And then Please they, tell me they came and they cleaned his house nude. No, no, they, they would drive around at night and do things that you have to do at night in Kenwick. Mosquito control? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get the code. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. This is Byron Beck. Okay. Uh, 
this is more sex talk because I love sex talk on a uh, snowy day. I, I guess Drew Peterson is engaged to a 23-year-old woman in this keeping this really weird and kind of sexual. Wait, remind me again who Drew Peterson is. I, you know, I don't know who he is. You know, is this Lacey know? Peter? This isn't. No, that's a uh, that's not Lacey Peterson. So. Killed anybody? Oh yeah, this he just is, got dumped. Right? Yes, this is. We don't. These are. This is the. Uh, read, just read the story. I'm sure it'll explain okay. everything. Uh, Peterson's publicist. Ben Seelig, that's a first bad sign, uh, a publicist, confirms that the engagement happened a few days ago. The woman's name has not been disclosed for privacy reasons, of course, because you know why. Uh, Seelig said that Drew Peterson made this decision because he wants to be happy and is trying to move forward with his life. According to a news release from Derek Armstrong, author of Drew Peterson Exposed, the engagement comes even as Peterson's fourth wife, Stacy Peterson, missing is missing, and he's under scrutiny the death of his third wife. All right, okay, so that's the thing. So obviously not uh, not formally accused of or convicted of anything, but there was a let, let's say a cloud of suspicion over that guy. Yes, because uh, strike that from the podcast. No, it really is. <laughs> the best thing is how you did a little flourish with your hand just there. Um, but but I think that was that guy who was around this time last year because I think I was actually in Utah. Where Fox News is never off. My in-laws' house, it's like Fox News just runs 24-7. And they were talking about this guy where it was like, you know, his, like his third and fourth wives. There was all like this weirdness that had uh, sort of gone on. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Is it snowing where you are? Oh, yes. It is. It's mattering. Fantastic. It? How can I help you today? Well, I kind of had two things. I'm yes. more curious about your, when you're having your guest news anchors. Uh, uh, who are laid off? Yes. Uh, do they get paid? No, that is simply done for the love of the game. Okay, also, we, uh, we pay them. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of thought of we pay them in compliments, sir. Right. And you were talking about the cheesy eyeglasses. Can we, we pay them? I, re- I wish I'd had a rim shot ready for that. I think as I was, who are we? Uh, who are we talking to? I think it might have been. I think it might have been Heidi Tauber uh, when I was talking to her a couple of days ago about it because she was Heidi Tauber, who was, of course, Tom Hartman's co-host on KBOJ before she was fired. And then her name and image scrubbed from the website and all mentions of her stricken from the archives. Um, when we when we were talking to her, I actually think I think I said at one point, I said, by the way, it should come as no surprise this year that we have no money. And she said, no, 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 I'm a radio professional. I just do it for the love of broadcast. And I said, by God, you're going to fit in perfectly. So, all right, what was your other question, sir? Uh, you were talking about the cheesy reading glasses yes. a little bit there. Uh, I, I thought the same thing. You got destroying my eyes. So I went to the doctor. We did the dilation and the two hours of this and tests and I'm doing blinding lights. And the guy, when we got all done, yeah, go to go to the dollar store and get yourself a set of X sevens or whatever the heck they are. So you're actually. I told you. I told you. So the so the doctor told you this. Yeah, exactly. You just need to see up close. Well, who am I to disagree with a doctor? Yeah. My CPA was the one that recommended these glasses. By the way, can I tell you right now, it just as Byron is sort of lording uh, the fact that you back his story up over me, he is, in fact, doing that thing of tilting his head down and looking at me over the top of his glasses as though you were some sort of a very stern, like, English arts teacher. You wish. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, filling in for the laid-off, Tim Riley, the laid-off, Byron Beck. Okay, so this could happen in Portland right now, and that's why I bring this story up. Uh, passengers saved from dangling gondola after tower snaps. Yeah. Now, so that little trammy thing the that tram. Sam is so excited about. Well, it happened here. It was in Whistler, British Columbia, near a ski resort, which is going to hold the Olympics. Passengers have been rescued from a gondola dangling over a freezing creek after the tower snapped in half. Oh, wow. Wow. Not just not just like a gentle fraying and unraveling of the uh, of the wire, but an actual snapping in half tower. 
Jeez. The section of the lift affected by the accident had 15 cars going up the mountain and 15 coming down at the time, but they were sparsely populated. <laughs> God. Uh, all I have to say about this is I'm never going to ride a tram. Now, have you ridden the tram here? Oh, I love it. I love the little dip where it kind of makes you give diarrhea. That's That's the thing. That It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool. We were sort of weirded out by it. I, you know, we had a long series of discussions on the show. But then uh, the guys who actually run the tram are listeners. And uh, this guy Hans was sort of the liaison for everything, but he was like, he was like, hey, we're listeners, we run the tram, come ride it, and it was pretty righteous. And that part where you go over the middle, the the middle support, the T there, is especially great and ever so slightly nerve wracking because you're right, it goes up and that kind of goes, Wah! and you're kind of this little bit of a dip. But it feels like you are going into the world of tomorrow as you get especially up toward the hill when you're right, going right. up because you're docking in what looks for all the world like some sort of Battlestar Galactica space station. Yes, yes, yes. You expect a Cylon. Old Cylon, not yeah. new Cylon. By your command. Would you care for a latte? So, anyway. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll do like two more here and then we'll take a break. We'll come back and reset. How about a Geek Watch? Byron Beck. How about a Geek Watch, Byron Beck? <laughs> This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... And just listen, I'm There here. is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch Galaxy Quest tonight. I think that's what I'm going to do. You're not gonna... That's who you remind me of. Sigourney Weaver? Thank you. Tim Allen. Really? Really? Really. In what way? I mean, in terms of appearance? Like, do I, have, like I could see you doing Home Improvement, the the, re, the relaunch of Home Improvement. Thanks so much. I've, I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for somebody to compare me to Tim Allen, sitcom actor. Hey, I, get, I get William Shatner, which is mm, yummy. In, in terms of the way you look or in terms of I your mannerisms? Of my weight. <laughs> okay. You know how he looks like he's well, just like... Just keep on away from swimming pools. <laughs> All right. Uh, here is Byron Beck with your Geek Watch. Geek Watch, bury me with my cell phone. Dying doesn't mean hanging it up for some mobile aficionados. We take them to the dinner table, the bedroom, even the bathroom stall. Now, who takes their phone to the bathroom stall? There is a guy, I won't say who it is, but there is somebody we work with. Richie? Uh, no, no, I, and I'll say it's actually nobody on the show. It's nobody the audience would know. It is somebody who works behind the scenes. So it's an uh, advertising. There's a, uh, there is a men's room here. And I, <clears throat> pardon me, I walked into the men's room and, uh, you know, doing the business or whatever, which is just, you know, it's like, a, you know, you get in, you get it done, you get out. And I'm there. And a guy comes in who I will not identify because I don't think women do this. I think it is very much a guy thing. Guy comes into the bathroom, and as he walks in the door, it's like the conversation is still going on. So anyway, no, I no, I told her that uh, no, fifteen. No, I, we can't do better than that. No, it's uh, really no. That's for an annual. No, okay, really. That's no. Well, I'm not going to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, he'll end the conversation because he knows this is weird. And you always sort of suspect that the person on the other end of the phone knows you've just gone into the bathroom because you get that weird, specific kind of porcelain echo. Yeah, and the pop-pop fizz-fizz thing. Also that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, now he'll sort of say, look, dude, I got to go. No, I got, no I'll call you back. You're going to be around? No, we'll, I'll, we'll do lunch. No, we'll do like the back nine. Okay, great, thanks. But he doesn't. He just goes into the stall, starts the business. Gross. <laughs> the, bis the business continues. The call continues. Ah! And at, and at that point, it's like all, it's all I can do. Just, I just like, I got to finish and get out of there because I'm just so unbelievable. I don't that, know. That's not a dump. That's not a dump. Well, let's move on with the story. Okay, so people are being buried with their cell phones. And I think it's really weird because they say people are uh, going to the grave with their cell phones and blackberries. And even one guy was buried with his Game Boy. 
Now, who's going to take a call in the afterlife? Is that a setup for a one-liner? No, I, can, I don't really have the answer to that. I don't know. You know, when I was in high school, there was some guy that wanted to be buried with a gun. I mean, it was like a whole lot of, you know, like, he wanted to, he wants to be buried as he lived, as a gun-obsessed hick. And so, like, in, like, so the, the family did something where, like, as they were getting ready to stick him in the ground, like, they slipped like a handgun or whatever into the casket. That's so, gross. Eh, people have weird attachments to things. Um, it says it's like King Tut, like, tucking mementos in, and I... <gasps> That's fantastic. You know, when I die, I'm going to have uh, Sarah and Richie and perhaps several other people uh, wrapped up alive and stuck into a uh, pyramid with me. Excellent. I've made a note to myself all about it. Is it a single geek watch or do we have multiple I'll geek do stories? I'll more geek watch and then right. we'll go. Uh, Halo wedding planned by two video game fans. Master Chief will officiate. I have no idea anything about these. This is obviously your world. That's okay. I think you should be reading. You really are in full Tim mode right now, reading a story that you don't understand at all because it has to do with technology. I love Tim. I love Tim with all my heart. Uh, they met playing Halo in 2004. In January, they'll get married by a guy wearing Master Chief armor. Does that mean anything? Yes, Master Chief is the Master Chief is the protagonist uh, of Halo. He's this sort of genetically engineered supermarine of the future. And Desiree Labrada, which sounds, if you look at it, doesn't look like Labrada, but looks like something else. And 29, and John Henry, who's much younger, 26, are having a Halo wedding, and it was her idea. Her idea. Is there a photo? Yes, it is. Is she attractive? Um, <laughs> there you go. The he um looks kind of like you. The the um with the ellipsis tells the story. She's pretty. I mean, she's chubby. Would you say that she's a? Is she a handsome woman? No, she looks like her arms are too short for her body. She has sort of T Rex arms. Yes, <laughs> sort of. Hand me the margarine. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, there's your double geek watch. We'll take a break. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll do phone calls after this. Uh, and uh, Byron Beck continues around the corner with news later on. Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, and the top five. Don't go anywhere. Sir Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay right there. I grabbed Thor's hammer by the Sons of Warvan. I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come today, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, and uh, Fred Rolle. Here's the thing. I wanted to do a top five, like a sort of an ad hoc top five based on the snow falling, but I have no idea what it would be. Like top five, I don't know. Top five white something, top five snow something. But really, there are many, there are many songs with snow in the title. I mean, they're not Christmas oriented. I mean, it would have to be a non-Christmas list. I mean, it's really just Snow Blind by Ace Frehley. I think that's it. Quick, anybody? So snow songs. There's another song with snow in the title that's not a Christmas song. Anyone? What about Snow Informer? I guess if we're really gonna, if we're really gonna reach. It should be noted, by the way, that uh, before I went home last night, I stopped by Chris Paddock's office, and Chris and his lovely wife Tracy were in there, and uh, Paddock did, of course, make the 12 inches of snow reference, and then something to keep boom, boom, down, or whatever it is. Let's pretend I didn't do that just now. Uh, Byron Beck, laid off Portland media professional, filling in for laid off Portland media professional uh, Tim Riley. Hello, Byron. How are you today? Hello, Snow Patrol. 
Yeah. There you go. All right. So that would be three. Well, we can't just do it. See, now it's not going to be a surprise. We can just make the list on the air right now. Then there's no point Why in not? It. Then people can look forward to hearing it. Then they can anticipate it with gleeful delight, Sarah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Byron Beck. Okay, so this is a story of a, that has a kind of, it's a joy of Christmas. Does that get Are we beginning our joy yeah. of Christmas yeah, segment? Of Christmas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas for Wednesday. The gunshot is a good thing for this because this is the joy of Christmas with a Vice President Cheney kind of twist. All right. Okay, so what happened was a staged shootout during a mock train robbery in Random Lake where, I don't know where that is. I think it's in Michigan. On Sunday, almost became the real deal when two people were shot with a gun mistakenly loaded with bird shot. How many times a year do we have this story where, I don't know, I thought it was a prop gun. I, uh, nobody told me. I guess I'll have to take the lead role now. I, uh, that's unfortunate. According to the Sheboygan... Oh, it is, it's Wisconsin, then. That's where it, this uh, took place in Wisconsin. Should, wait, is the story actually... Is it from Sheboygan, really? Sheboygan. Okay, here's the thing about Shemil, Sheboygan. <laughs> Before we move on, I should, uh, Sheboygan is one of those cities that I name-check all the time just because it's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's right up there with like Akron and Kalamazoo and Tallahassee. Walla Walla. Walla Walla and Cosmopolis, which is our favorite city in Washington. So uh, Sheboygan is a place that I... Like, if I don't know where something actually transpired, I'll just say, well, it happened in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, because I know that somewhere out there there's a guy chuckling to himself, you know, while driving a truck going, <laughs> Sheboygan. All right, fantastic. It sounds like sex, doesn't it? It, it, it just sounds... We're going to go home and uh, I spent the whole night at Sheboygan. <laughs> okay, the simulated train robbery was part of a week-long Santa steam train event. Uh, I guess the whole thing happened and, like, somebody got hurt. And another person got hurt, and then, like, 46 shotgun pellets in the arm, leg, and wow. abdomen of reenactor Thomas Pumpf. Pumpf? It's really his name's Pumpf. P-U-M-P-F-F. Pumpf. That does, in fact, sound like Pumpf. Of <laughs> Sheboygan. The blast also left a 14-year-old spectator from Random Lake with a pellet embedded in his index finger. So, wait, so I don't understand, but this is so... Why would Santa be... So a shotgun shot, like the ones that spread? No, but I'm still back on it's a Santa train shootout. Why would Santa be shooting anybody in the first place? I think it's part of the joy of Christmas. Sarah, you've gone to Wisconsin. What is, what's happening in this story? I don't know. I remember being in a bar where it was totally smoky and, like, you know, people are drinking and there are children running around. That's your Friday night. I was just going to say, that's... The, the, or, no, I mean children in the bars, like, at 11 o'clock at night. That's your Friday night. No, but in Wisconsin, there were the kids in bars? Yeah, in Wisconsin. Wow. Is there to be you can't do that here, can you? No, no, it was it was completely random. Like everyone yeah, everyone was wearing their hunting clothes and everything, and then there were just kids hanging out with their parents as their parents are chain smoking and like drinking whiskey. Because what, what better thing to thread into a day of hunting than going to the bar with your children and becoming blind drunk? All right, so let's back up for a second. Why was why was there a, a shootout involving Santa Claus in the first place? It had let's take this the... let's take this story for the top. Uh, it had something to do with a train robbery, simulated train robbery, that they basically were stealing. Was Santa robbing the train? Yeah, I guess the, uh, the whole idea was that they would pretend to steal dynamite from the local hardware store. Who? The reenactors. But, but were, they, were they dressed as Santa? Why is there Santa in the title of this well, event? I think the whole Santa <laughs> Joy of Christmas thing comes to where they were taken after they were hurt. All right, let me see the story. I have they to... went to the St. Nicholas oh, Hospital. St. Nicholas hold on, hold on, Hospital. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me read this here. 
A stage shootout during a mock train robbery in Random Lake, by the way, I like the fact that it took place in a, in a city called Random Lake on Sunday, became the real deal when two people were shot with a gun, mistakenly mistakenly, mistakenly loaded with birdshot, according to the Sheboygan County Sheriff's Department. But it says, it says, the Santa Steam Train event. The reenactment unfolded with the actors engaging in a simulated shootout with police on 2nd Street after they had pretended to steal dynamite. Things turned serious when the gun sprayed 46 shotgun pellets in the arm, leg, and abdomen of reenactor Thomas Pump. See, it, you had to do this again because I did this so poorly. I thought that you must have been. No, I'm just saying that. I thought there was something else here. Both individuals, and, and you were right about this, were transported to St. Nicholas Hospital, where they were operated on by elves using wooden saws and mallets. And candy canes. With non-life-threatening injuries. Maybe this is a Wisconsin thing, because at no point here do they give any clarification or justification as to why Santa would be carrying a shotgun. Unless the interpretation of the story of St. Nick is staged somewhat differently uh, in eastern states. Like Branson, Missouri would have like this. This would be Santa Branson, Missouri style with like the Oak Ridge Boys. But in, but in Branson, Santa would be sort of strumming a banjo and singing about Osama. Yeah, and uh, or, Tony Orlando would be in the background. Seriously. <laughs> Screaming angrily about how he was not going to perform tie a yellow ribbon until somebody gave him his royalties. <laughs> right, here's the second part of this. Okay, uh, this is Joy of Christmas 2. Uh, I guess uh, a Texas man has been arrested after a nine-year-old girl wrote to Santa asking that a relative stop touching her and her sister. Oh, where was this? Uh, this is in Texas. Oh, well, of Far course. Texas. To, to no one's surprise. So it was, a letter to, it was a letter to Santa, which presumably ended up where? Okay, the monitor of McMillan... Which sounds like Mr. and Mrs. McMillan or McMillan and wife uh, reports that a man from the town of Far was arrested Friday and is in the Hidalgo County Jail. A criminal complaint says the girl turned the letter into a at Cesar Chavez Elementary School. All right, so she gave the letter to the teachers, like give this to Santa. Oh, by the way, my dad is a Cretan. Yeah, authorities interviewed the girl after a school counselor reported the letter. Jesus. Well, you know, um, there's some. There's some observation to be made about what the father will undoubtedly be getting. Is it the father? Um, it doesn't say. A relative? Uh, it, uh, the, it doesn't say. Maybe a father who doubles his other kind of relatives, depending on how the family tree is structured. You know, um, reading the news on the show, I've learned that a lot of reporters don't name the dog. That is a big thing when I was at our paper, was that we always needed to name the dog. What does that mean? It means that if you're going to do a story about the dog, name the dog. Like you got to explain, you got to explain exactly what it. Like you got to answer what everybody wants to know. Well, if you're going to do a story about a, uh, a molest, well, if it's a family member, you want to identify who the family member yeah, is. Yeah, you kind of want to know, and maybe you think, well, maybe they just left that out on purpose. Well, this but... is like we were talking about that teacher thing, or it's like some of these stories about like you know there'll be like some hot volleyball teacher that's like getting it off in half the science class, and then at no point in the story do they decide to like. Uh, you know, to put any photograph of her. You know, they right. clearly have no idea of what the people want. And this is from the Associated Press, and they should know better. All right. Here's uh, Joy of Christmas Part 3. Okay, this is funny. Um, New York City has landed itself squarely on Santa Claus's naughty list after ticket, a ticketing agent gave Jolly St. Nick a ticket for double parking while delivering gifts to children in Brooklyn. So basically, Santa got a parking ticket. The kids started crying, That's Santa's car! That's Santa's car! <laughs> But this Grinch just went ahead and fined Santa anyway. Well, you know, the thing about being, uh, like, a, a, whatever, a parking enforcement or a meter maid or whatever you call it, is that 
Everybody hates you? Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's got to be, I'm, they, I mean. It has to be sad. Does anybody know? <laughs> even your they children. sad. Well, and even your children don't respect you, probably. And people glare at you even when you're not ticketing people. Like, I glare at them when they're just driving down the street. Seriously, that. in that little, like, three-wheeled, uh, like, ice truck thing, that little, that, like, ice cream truck they all drive around. Look, I understand. I'm not encouraging people to flout the law, and uh, you should, uh, of course, treat all. How do you flout the law? Well, I mean, are they cops? Are they actual cops? No, you're not going to jail. No, but 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 see, but that's not where the, I'm not asking them to go to jail. Not are they pull a gun and handcuff? But that's not really my question. Are they actual police officers, though? Is my question. No. Now, are you saying that? Are you making that up? Are you I'm guessing? I'm making that up because I'm on radio. Are you? And I can't. Are you bluffing? I couldn't do that in print, but I because, can do that on radio. Well, I think they're just like the rent-a-cops. But see, but 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 they work for the city of Portland. I think they work for the Portland Police Department. No, I'm just know. wondering if look here's here's the here. no here's the here's the reason I ask is because as Sarah pointed out. Is a meter major universally loathed by everyone? Again, I'm uh, of course uh, not uh, advocating any sort of uh, disrespect for uh, you know or uh, unruly behavior. That would be wrong. But and if they're cops, it'd probably get you pistol whipped. I'm just saying it, they've got to get paid a lot in that gig though, because I can't think of a job where you are more uniformly despised. Well, well, well. I'll tell you off 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 radio sometimes some stories about meter maids and their lives. <laughs> Really? Does you it know ev- one personally? Yeah, I do. And he uh, was. Doesn't uh, involve a lot of uh, dinners that come wrapped in foil. And gay men's choir. From a, uh, okay. Uh, but here, I have my own little, very short joy of Christmas story that just happened to me before I got here. All right. So I was on the Max, and uh, there was a. Uh, why? I have no idea why the fair inspector's out today checking fares. Because it's Christmas, Byron. And so this little old lady, really cool lady, jumps on the train. She gets, uh, she, it was too quick. She didn't have a chance to validate her ticket. He goes ballistic on her because she didn't validate her ticket. And what does that mean, validate your ticket? It means she didn't push it into the little machine. Oh, like in a little slot thing so or whatever. He right. said, he basically said, do you know that's an unvalidated ticket? And that means basically you're writing for free. And do you know you're breaking the law? And I said, give her a break. I said, she's an old lady. Give her, I didn't say old lady, but I said, give her a break. He's you know, a come senior on. citizen. I mean, come well, on, on a day like this. Asset. And he said, get your, uh, he, he, he said, can you please stay out of this conversation? Can you please stay out of this conversation? And I thought it was going to be pulled off the train. Well, she turned out to be another laid off journalist who was going to pay for her obituary for oh, her mother who oh, just died. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Wow. Did she point it out to the guy? No, no. Oh, really? Because oh, we, see, if I were, her, if I was her, I mean, you got to make, you got to make lemonade out of lemons. And so I would have totally. The, the one good thing about that situation is you can use it and you can uh, like shove it right back on the fair inspector. Yeah, that'd was, be. That's exactly how I would have proceeded. It was my good day for the day, and I also saved a little girl's hat because a little girl got off the train without her hat, and I threw it to her. Byron, an angel somewhere has gotten half a wing because of you. You're or, a good person. Yeah, something like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's your joy of Christmas for uh, Wednesday. <laughs> No, I mean, but just like one final thing about the, about the meter mates is we were talking about tow truck drivers the other day, and how tow truck drivers. I think a call. I can't even take credit. A listener had this observation. He said that tow truck drivers have they elicit only two responses from people, and they're both at the they're both extremes. You are either very excited to see the tow truck driver because he's come to rescue you, or you're incredibly pissed at the tow truck driver because he's come to tow you away. Like there's no like you're never kind of you're never indifferent to see the tow truck guy. He's either coming to save your car because you've fallen into a ditch, 
or you were five minutes late and he's coming to take your car downtown. You have to pay the man 300 bucks to get it back. Yeah. But see, the meter maids don't, don't operate uh, on both ends of the spectrum. They are really only disliked. And as Sarah said, they're not just disliked when you actively see them doing their job. Just when you see them sort of trolling around town, uh, you know, or walking down the street and they're like, Kind of like fat pants that are barely holding in, you know, all of their massive person. And they got that ticket book sticking out of their back pocket. And you're just filled. And I, and I look, and I know that if you park someplace, you, you're supposed to pay. We all understand that logically, intellectually, you understand that you're supposed to pay or else you'll get a ticket. And that they're just doing their job. That's all stuff that we kind of know in our head, like academically. That doesn't change the way that your sort of lower, like, reptile brain operates. And the reality is, you see a meter made, you're just filled with just the deepest loathing. I mean, it just comes from just the darkest, blackest place inside, too. So, I would have to say, I mean, even the, even the guy at the DMV sort of gives you good news occasionally, right? Like, the DMV guy says, congratulations, here's your brand new license. Or, uh, you know, whatever. Or they say, no, 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 it looks like that's just an oversight. We'll be able to take that uh, fine off your record right now. We'll get that taken care of, Mr. Beck. Uh, but the, but the, the meter maid operates solely at the bad end of the human experience. And, you know, uh, I would think there would be a high suicide rate with them. Wouldn't you? Maybe there is, Byron. Have you investigated it? Well, uh, Maybe uh, this could be your first freelance story. Well, I'm looking for new work, so maybe I could become the a meter The Life and maid. Death of a Portland Meter Maid by Byron Beck. <laughs> right, right. Exclusive to the Rick Emerson Show. I'm just saying, look, unless anybody thinks this is one of those deals where I'm making a mountain out of uh, some sort of uh, you know pageant of life molehill, let's go around the room. Can you think of anybody else who is in a job that is so uniformly despised? Yes. And again, I'm I'm not saying that you, look, you do your job and you everybody's got a job to do and whatever and you're supposed to pay for parking. I understand that. That didn't change the emotional reality of how uh, we as human beings interact with parking enforcement. I Byron, got one. I got prison cook. Perhaps that. Yes, perhaps anybody in prison. Although maybe that's a guy that gives you a spoon you can whittle down to a shiv and you can stab the molesting guy with it. Allegedly. I mean, I can't think of because there's no one who's. I mean, that's a that's a that's a person who nobody's ever happy to see ever ever ever. So my question is, do they get paid a lot? Because it seems like you would take that. They job. have to be for that emotional abuse. But I mean, yeah, imagine your collars. You must have meter made collars. Probably. I mean, it'd be just the law of averages dictates that. I mean, that seems like a job you would take and you would keep it only as long as you absolutely had to. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, you could your job could be cleaning out the grease trap at a rendering plant. Uh, you know, but at least you're not going to go home and have your children go. <sighs> All right, yeah, this is my dad. He, there uh, for the grace of God. That's what I'm saying. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Oh, we'll get some of your calls here in just a moment. Uh, you are listening to KCMD Portland. This is Byron Beck. Oh, I'm back on. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, okay, this is coming from our neck of the woods uh, near Kennewick. It's yes. Fenton City, and I'm... I'm, is this a watch of some kind? Are we still? No. Yeah, it is. It's a Darwin watch. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your Darwin watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I need all my cap. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Just stopped. Ah, there it goes. 
Here's Byron back with your Darwin Watch. Okay, this comes from the Tri-C Herald and uh, the, our old hometown newspaper. That's probably and, a thriving publication right about now. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh, God, I can't even think about that. And so uh, this is funny because everything about this says Kennewick and Pasco and Richland. It happened in Benton City, Washington, which is outside of Kennewick. Benton City is sort of on the outskirts. It's a small town on the outskirts of Kennewick, Byron. It's not the thriving metropolis that uh, the Tri-Cities It's is. near Toppin, isn't it, right? Uh, sure. Okay. You know, I'm just trying to block out everything about uh, that place. <laughs> so this Benton County uh, Sheriff's Office says a man found dead in a burning motor home apparently set the fire in an attempt to cover up a burglary. All right. Just reads crack all over it, doesn't it? Just uh, on the list of places you don't want to end your life, inside a burning motor home, uh, anywhere near Kennewick, Washington, it's yeah, got to be near the top of the list. It's not even a burning trailer. It's a burning motor home. <laughs> with, that, with the good Sam Club sticker on the back of it. Firefighters found the body Thursday after they extinguished the fire in Benton City. Uh, I guess uh, Bob Brockman told the Tri-C Herald they also found a VCR and other electronic equipment near the door. Well, of course, when you're in a motor home, you need amusement. I guess the the man entered through a back window and was apparently trying to leave when he was overcome by smoke. The uh, the man is about my age and could have easily have been in uh, my school. His name was James Maurice Kaiser. All right. So he was the, the theory that he was breaking into the motorhome to steal the various consumer goods that were contained therein. What is there to steal in a motorhome? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't even understand what you what you'd be rifling through the glove box trying to find a half empty thing at Tic Tacs. Yeah, I think if you wanted to. Steal from a motorhome, you'd steal the GPS. Not that we're encouraging people to steal things from motorhomes. A Coleman Lantern. Here's what I was going to say. If you're anywhere, like if you're living in Benton City, and if you've already made the decision inside your head, uh, you know, that you're going to, uh, I mean, you're going to start breaking the law. If you're going to steal something that is, in effect, a car, steal it and drive to someplace better. Don't steal things from inside the car. Steal the actual car. Drive to a different city and start a new, undoubtedly better life for yourself. All right. And for the love of God, try not to burn yourself to a cinder inside said burgled motorhome, because then everybody in your family is even more deeply ashamed of you than they were before. That is today's lesson. There's your Darwin Watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right. By the way, this uh, email is about uh, this is about the Max. Uh, this is uh, Rick. I have a question. Uh, Byron Beck is talking about uh, this woman who got on the train without validating her fare. My question to the universe and TriMet is, and we should say, by the way, for the record, we have many, many, many listeners who work for TriMet. Um, is, is this? Uh, there are fa- uh, fare validator boxes on the Portland streetcar. Why aren't there fare validator boxes on the Max? Best show ever, Joel. Well, that's a good question, actually. So if you're on the, there's actually that thing on the streetcar that you can use to actually validate the tickets. Right. You don't have to do it on the, like the platform. It's usually I, you have to stick one of those on the train. You are so right. That your re, your listener is so right. Which I mean indicates that it's probably just a revenue generating thing. Well, this is like the other day. Uh, Laura and I were driving to. It was the night we were driving to Vancouver to see Richie's drag thing. We've since rectified this problem, but we have insurance. But you know the thing is like every six months they send you the new insurance card or whatever. Like you get the new one in the mail and it replaces the old one. And so I'm real, like, retentive about taking my insurance card. I bring it to work because I'm a nerd. I laminate it, and then I put it in my money clip right next to my driver's license. Well, because here's the thing, because I don't trust that I'm ever going to be able to find it in the glove box. That's the deal. Because the glove box where you just stick all kinds of crap. So whenever I got the new insurance card, I bring it here. I go, I run it through that laminating machine. I put it on that big slicing thing, that that thing. 
I cut it down. We have a laminating machine here? Upstairs, baby. There's, oh, we You don't think I laminate that? that at home? Yeah. Yes, yeah, someday I'll take you to the laminating machine, Sarah. And then <laughs> oh, your life shall so be... Big. And Laura, existence ding, will be ding, complete. Ding. Christmas gift for Rick. Baby, this weekend I'm taking you to the laminator upstairs. But, it, but I'll laminate and I'll stick it in my money clip, and that way no matter where I am, no matter what I'm driving, I've always got the insurance card. So the insurance... It doesn't lapse, but the, but you know the old card expires. So the new one comes in the mail, and I and I set it in the pile of mail. Forgot about it. Haven't bothered to laminate it yet. So we're wow. we're driving to Vancouver. Live? How do you how do you survive? I'm just saying, as we're driving to Vancouver, it was the first day of the real cold snap, and we started seeing cops like everywhere, just sort of hanging out, and we're like, okay, they're you know they're out to ticket people today. <gasps> Is somebody's phone ringing? Sorry. It's Brad, the car guy. Actually, I bet that's who's calling you. Evie's having her babies today. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, my God. Our good friend Brad. Yes, oh she's God. pregnant with twins. It says her blood pressure is up, and um, they're over six pounds each. We're having them today. All right. Congratulations, oh Brad oh and Amy. They were supposed to have an ultrasound today. Instead, they're having the babies actually having the babies. Oh, I'm, I'm going to cry. I right. know. Baby watch. All right. And for, for Christmas, Brad receives even less of a life than he had before. Oh. All right. God bless us, everyone. Anyway, just, just to wrap this up real quickly, and then we'll break. So we're driving to Vancouver, and we start to see cops everywhere, and I figure, okay, they know the road's going to be a little slick, a little icy. They're probably... Start, starting to ding people. And Lars says, oh, by the way, we still have insurance, but the new cards came. I forgot to give it to you. So the card you have, right information, but it's lapsed, which they can still kind of hit you for. You know, they can give you like a $300 fine for that. And I was making Only the observation. No, but, it, but the, my thing is, like on your driver's license, in most states now, the driver's license has like the little magnetic strip that's got all the information. And I'm like, you know what? They could very easily, on that magnetic strip, put whether or not you got insurance or not. They run the thing, you know, they put like a little ATM, like, swiper thing in the car. They run your driver's license through. Hey, Rick Emerson, he's got insurance. But they don't because, of course, it's like a revenue generator. And this device. has to do with TriMet because? That's why they don't put those boxes on TriMet because it's uh. a revenue generating system. And if they let people validate their tickets, they would not then be able to give people citations. Byron Beck. Well, you are just a cynic. It's, I'm just saying, some of us see the world as it truly is. We'll take a break here. We'll come back after this. Byron Beck in for the late off. Tim Riley today. Coming up later on, Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere.
it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for uh, coming along today. Uh, Byron Beck filling in for the laid off Tim Riley. We'll have more news in just a moment. Coming up after that, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. We'll talk to Jim Roop later. Uh, well, let's figure out something to do for the uh, for the top five. We sort of, so during the break, we were talking about snow songs, and we really, we topped out at three. And really, we need at least five, because it is, you know, the top five. Because we're not to make them Christmas songs, because that would be too easy. That's the thing, trying to avoid holiday songs. And so we topped out at three uh, songs, which doesn't really work. So I think we're going to have to punt and come up with something else. So we may actually, even though it is High Concept Wednesday, we may actually have a mini High Concept that we do here in a bit. Uh, as we uh, endeavor to, uh, to find something for the top five. Yes, because we Because all, all we came up with was Informer by Snow, a Snow Patrol song, and Snowblind by Ace Fraley. And that's it. And really, when you're, I mean, when you're reduced to playing that combination of songs, you just, it's going nowhere. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, a couple of things here. One, Rick, in most cities, meter maids are, in fact, police, but they are on the low rung. They usually carry guns. Byron Beck. Uh, and intervene in criminal situations or can assist in arrests. They do write parking tickets, but in many places end up acting as traffic control or taking statements in an accident. Uh, and then in the instant, in the instant karma department, Rick, could you give a shout out to all the TriMed drivers who will be struggling with chained buses, snow, ice, and wait for it, angry passengers for yet another day. It's been so stressful since the temperatures have dropped uh, below freezing since Sunday, although be on our, uh, we will be late on our routes. Tell the audience we will show up. Uh, great program. Keep up the good work. Uh, that is from Steve, who works for TriMet. And by the way, uh, as you were talking about uh, this affair, inspector or collector or conductor or what have you. Inspector. Inspector that was like, uh, as you put it, harassing the old woman this morning. We just realized during the break that you actually still have to take TriMet home today. Uh, yeah. yeah, have fun with that. that. They're going to break your bones, Byron. There's no getting around that fact. Do you have disguises here? I'm sorry? Disguises. You could dress like a woman. I think Richie has a bunch of his dresses Woo! here. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Sir and madam, as the case may be. How are you? Hey, Rick, Sam, uh, Rick, Sarah, and Byron. No. <laughs> we'll leave that in, even in post-production. How can I help you, sir? Uh, hey, uh, I was just calling uh, to say that I'm listening finally live instead of on podcast because we've had three uh, snow days. What is your uh, snow day that works? School? What's... School. Uh, what, uh, which school do you attend, sir? Clackamas. Clackamas? Uh, high school. Ah, Clackamas oh. High School. How what, old are what we? What grade are you in? Uh, I'm a sophomore. All right, so you are... 15? Yes. All right, there you go. How long have you been listening, sir? Um, year. All right, and so how did you discover this very fine radio program? Uh, my dad. Wow. All right, so this is being passed from father to son like a bottle of cherished whiskey. All yes. right. And, uh, all right then. Hey, do you have anything to contribute to our top five? Uh, no. All right. Well, that's great. <laughs> Thanks so much. Hey, uh, is there any other content to this call other than the fact that you've been enjoying this program for one year and that we have warped you at a very young age? Uh, Merry Christmas and shiny slang term for great using stage firefly in the movie Serenity. <laughs> yes! Thank you. Well done. Thank you, sir. Oh, my God. Uh, I have go. no idea what just happened, That's but a... you guys got so excited, it scares me. Right. Here's the thing. I'll play it here. So you this... heard what he just said, right? Uh, sort of. I, I heard him slurring his words. I guess that he's supposed to. He was a he was a dead ringer for this guy, and this is somebody who called. He actually didn't call us. He called uh, Dennis Miller, but I, I pulled this this piece of sound. And we play it all the time because this guy is totally this the sound I'm about to play is completely one of our people. Uh and this is a guy who called Dennis Miller and it, he described something 
with the adjective shiny. He goes, well, that's a really shiny thing. And Dennis, Dennis goes, what, babe, what are you talking about shiny? And he says... Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Which is like so <laughs> righteous. Uh, and, oh, that was amazing. And so we have on this program, uh, you may or may not have heard this, over the last, I don't know, however many months, years, we've sort of identified that everybody who calls the show, typically speaking, if they're guys at least, there's one of three voices. There's voice number one. Uh, voice number one is sort of a, voice number one is kind of a gruff, yeah, kind of gruff, kind of KGON kind of guy, like he's going to go home and listen to that Boston three for, uh, this afternoon. And, uh, you know, and his name is, uh, his name's Steve and, uh, you know, he's, uh, re- really, really digs the program and enjoys, uh, enjoys all the talking we do and thinks that Sarah's one fine looking girl. Uh, that's voice number one. Voice number two is a guy who, you know, uh, Jeff Klein. Oh, of course I do. Voice number two is a guy like our friend Jeff Klein, who's a younger guy, uh, a little kind of a clean-sounding voice. In other words, no gruff, no gravel, and has kind of a sharp, uh, what you might call maybe a little little snarky delivery. You know, the sharp, little 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 pointed, as though he's you know, uh, as though he just graduated from a college uh, somewhere and is holding his degree proudly in his hand, um, or something. Yeah, and then there is voice number three. And voice number three is uh, the guy who wants to call up and talk about uh, a brand-new uh, first-person shooter for the Xbox 360, Left 4 Dead, in which uh, you can simulate the role of being an actor in a zombie film. And there's uh, one of four campaigns that you can play through, either in a campaign against a computer or in an online cooperative mode. And that's that guy or this guy. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Or who, when I go to Fry's, asks me what I want uh, the cable for, and I say, well, it's for my home wired network, and he says... You can play a massively multiplayer online role-playing game like World of Warcraft. I'm in a guild. Uh, (laughs) And so that guy who called in like five minutes ago was being that guy. That is so genius. Who is in turn voice And he didn't even stumble. No, he did it flawlessly. And he was 15. There you go. Do you think he was 15 or do you think he was an actor portraying a role that calls in from a studio that you guys secretly are working with out of New York City? I got to tell you, unless it was Phil Hendry, we have any number of... We get a lot of people out there who, in fact, I haven't answered this email yet. I'm so... The last couple of weeks have been so, you know, kind of crazy and weird. uh, I'm so behind on my email because I tried to turn over this new sort of Henry Rollins leaf of answering all my email within a day. And that lasted for about a month. I mean, I was really impressed with myself. I had like six weeks or so where I was answering all my email every single day. And then I just fell so terminally behind. But I, got I saw e- your inbox when I was um, like going over there to oh, show you some video the other day. The, Would you uh, like to know the number of emails in my inbox right I think now, it was Sarah? Like twenty-eight thousand. Let's look. The number of emails currently in Rick Emerson's inbox: twenty-eight thousand five hundred and sixty. So I mean, that's not like from today or anything. But um, but I got an email the other day from uh, uh, a young lady who listens to us, who I think is twelve, and I wow. think uh, like mom, dad, somebody or other. Uh, got her to listen to the program. She's like, I listen every day. I say, giving her the nerd dude voice. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Sienna Radio Correspondent Steve Castebaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? What is up with you, brother? How's life? I'm back. Is Had it... a couple of days off. You know, got to sleep late. That was really nice. Is I was going to ask you, your first day back since you've been gone? Yes, All it right. is. Uh, is it snowing where you are? It was yesterday. It was uh, it was really yucky outside, as my mom says. You know, here's a question I have for you. I was just thinking about this the other day. There are any number of movies that take place in New York City, and it's always on, wait for it, the hottest day of the year. 
I mean, I can think of three of those right offhand. There's the Summer of Sam, there's Do the Right Thing, and there is um, Kids, the Larry Clark film. And they all take place in New York City or in some borough uh, thereof. Uh, and they're always on the single hottest day of the summer, I guess, because it's a great plot device and maybe a metaphor for the human condition and whatever. There's nothing that ever takes place in New York City on the coldest day of the year. I've, I've got uh, another hottest day of the year one. I think it was the hottest day of the year, uh, mm. Dog Day Afternoon. Totally. Dog Day Afternoon, uh, hot one. Al Pacino. Uh, what about the one about uh, the Earth uh, and climate change recently, a couple of years ago? Day there's... After Tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. That's like the coldest. Day I ever. suppose. It's sort of an apocalyptic sci-fi film. Not necessarily the same thing. I'm just saying that the whole Maybe list... songs about the apocalypse. Top five songs. We're trying to come up with a musical top five today, and we can't quite put our hands around one. But, uh, I, but I think the opening is right there for some sort of uh, motivated filmmaker to make a... And it's the coldest day of the new year in New York City and just sort of set themselves apart. You just pass that along to whoever you want to. I will. All right. When I see Spike Lee, I'll let him know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, so... Uh, we had stocks rallied, stocks recovered, stocks increased, stocks escalated. I see now that stocks are in fact surging. Uh, that was yesterday, anyway. After you know the Federal Reserve, you know they cut this, they cut the interest rate to the lowest, and I think and they cutting it to like nothing, like cutting it to non-existent. They literally, literally, it's like everything must go, sale, sale, sale. Yeah, I, I mean it's literally like uh, here in New York uh, years ago in the seventies, we had this local chain of electronics stores, Crazy Eddie. You may yeah. have heard about it because of. Uh, all of the uh, the fraud he was uh, he arrested for he, he uh, escaped to Israel to to escape the the charges anyway uh, his commercials used to be uh, he's uh, so insane he's giving it all away right he's, yeah so so that's that's what's going on with federal dollars uh, these days and so. I mean this is like the ninth time or something they've got the the interest rates so and I was never really able to figure this out if this is the ninth time they've got these interest rates did the previous eight cuts actually do anything or is this like a no 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 this one will really work trust us well i'll tell you this much uh the uh, interest rates have come down for uh, loans and mortgages and uh you know we 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 went cur- curiously into uh, a mortgage place near my house and wanted to find out if we refinance what we would save and you know what we can refinance now and uh, our mortgage will be a uh, one and a half interest uh, uh one and a half points lower than what we're paying right now. So, yeah, it's having an effect out there. I mean, really, at a certain point, it's going to be like, uh, you know, they're actually going to pay you, you know, or you'll be able to just get it with, you'll get it with like those, you know, like those green stamps or whatever you used to be able to get at the A&P. I mean, that's all it's going to take to get money at this point because they're just so desperate for people to get cash and put it back into the economy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity if you're uh, someone with decent credit and are interested in picking up some distressed properties the mortgages are going to keep coming down, this guy told me yesterday. He's like, you know, I can get to this low now, but wait another few days, and I, we think it'll come down even further. Distressed properties. Is that what they call that now? Yes. I uh, I had mentioned to Lisa yesterday that somebody really ought to be, some crafty marketer, ought to be creating a sort of knockoff monopoly game right now. But, just, but it, you know, it would just be called, like, you know, bailout or crisis or, you know, implosion but or depression. And it would be a whole lot of, you know, like rather than buying stuff and then building hotels there, it's like you're just bailing out companies and then attempting to build a hybrid. Or, in fact, just, uh, you know, just purchasing the properties of people who've been uh, evicted for non-payment. Somebody right now could be marketing, because this happened a lot during the late 70s, uh, the last, uh, you know, the months of the Carter administration, just the economy in the country just felt so in the tank. And I think this happens whenever there's a national crisis. Same thing with Watergate. You saw all that Nixon merchandise spring up. I think right now. 
somebody really could be making some money on a sort of economic implosion themed monopoly style game. So that's my okay. second. That's my second idea for you today that I'm just giving away, sir. Um, has, any, has anybody uh, ever turned around and told you they've made money off of your ideas no. that you throw out there? No, 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 they haven't. But you know, that eventually, goes, that goes to show you that Americans have just lost their initiative. I'm saying Yankee ingenuity appears to largely be a thing of the past, my friend. I, I think so. Um, before we do, before we do do anything else, to wrap this up, I do want to ask you about. Tell me about this guy, Bert, what, is it Madoff, Madoff, Bernard Madoff, Madoff? Madoff, yeah. Guy used to be the head of the NASDAQ exchange. Then he creates his own uh, investment firm, and he starts getting some real big-name clients by promising them 10 to 12% returns on their investments. And, right. and guys like uh, the Mets owner, Fred Wilpon, uh, Steve, uh, Steven Spielberg, a lot of Jewish charities, uh, and uh, Mort Zuckerman, uh, a publisher, uh, all these all these big names around here, they start uh, taking the money from their charitable organizations that they founded and having it invested within his investment firm. Somehow he starts getting them the, what he promises them in the returns, so more people start investing, and and more and more, and, it, and eventually it, it's, it turns out here, how many years later, that it was a big Ponzi scheme, because now that the economy is bad, all these guys are saying, hey, you know what? We need to take our money out now. We really need it. And they find out, well, there's not enough to go around. In fact, there's almost nothing to go around. But isn't this, isn't this the guy, wasn't he on tape just a while ago actually saying, well, you know, the system actually is uh, is pretty foolproof. You really can't uh, you really yeah. can't game the system anymore. And meanwhile, he's been gaming the system for like a decade. And there were warning signs as far back as 1999, the Securities and Exchange Commission. There are a lot of questions uh, being asked there. How did they not follow up on this? And, uh, and and see the, the handwriting on the wall, because a lot of uh, investment fund managers tried to look into what he was doing, what his investment plan was, and, they, and every time they asked for specifics, they, 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 they were shown basically, uh, you know, m cards and, and mirrors, you know. So they said, you know, it was pretty obvious there was something not right going on here, and nobody did anything about it. And, and now we're all dealing with a, possibly the largest Ponzi scheme fraud ever, uh, $50 billion. And so here's my third great idea for the day. This is how active my brain is sometimes, Steve. Uh, really, the ideas are just coming out of my head like so many cerebral tribbles. Um, here's a little interesting sidebar uh, article that somebody, uh, I don't know, maybe Steve Kastenbaum could do. Mm -hmm. Why do we call it, and it's capitalized, Ponzi scheme? Who is Mr. Ponzi? Oh, I prepared myself for you. Do you actually know who, like, why we call it a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, let me bring that page back up now. Hold on a second. If I this was last thing. month, I'd make my joke about Arthur Ponzarelli, but you know, exactly. we've moved on. Uh, it, it goes back to the early part of the 20th century, and uh, it's named after the first gentleman who uh, took people who swindled money. Uh, this guy by the name of Charles Ponzi, an Italian immigrant, started this sort of pyramid scheme for investors, uh, and uh, it, it's just the name stuck. He was the first guy to be arrested for it, and, and the name stuck. Well, you know what? That's a man who's contributed in some tangible way to history. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe not a maybe not as you know in a positive sense, but I mean, he does live on. He he is he has achieved a degree of immortality. He has. It's true. He lives on. Everybody talks about Ponzi schemes. My final thought here before we wrap this up. Everybody talks about Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, uh, you know, these sort of like these weird multi-level like scams a lot of people run. Nobody ever talks about tontines. You know what a tontine is? 
No. A tontine is not the thing that Han Solo puts Luke Skywalker uh, in on Hoth uh, to keep him uh, alive overnight. Uh, a tontine is this sort of weird system. And what it would basically be is a tontine is where five, let's say five for the sake of argument. Let's say uh, Sarah Dillon, myself... Byron Becker is doing our news today, Richie Bristol, and you, Steve Kastenbaum. We all get together, and we each take $10,000. And we, all of us together, we each put ten grand into some sort of an investment, whether it's the stock market, whether it's just some sort of a more stable investment that pays a fixed return, whatever. And then we divide up the profits equally. So each of us together has invested the same amount of money, and then we divide up the profits equally. But here's the thing. As... Everybody gets older, and as people die, the amount of payback is divided up among a smaller and smaller group of people, and then the last person out of the group of friends who is alive, obviously, you know, so basically the longer you live, the more benefits you reap, and then the last guy kind of gets all of it. And these were apparently very popular in the 1800s, and they had to be uh, laws enacted to stop them in Britain. Because, of course, if you're in a tontine, you're put in this awkward position of rooting for your friends to die, and some people yeah. might be uh, inclined to do more than root. So I'm just telling you, I think that it's time for us to go a little retro and bring the tontine back sort of in parallel with the Ponzi scheme. You know, with the economic situation, uh, as tough as it is right now, I would not be surprised if something like that uh, right. pops up again. It happens. Hey, you yep. heard it here first. Yeah, I will be on the lookout for that. Right. Before I go, do you want to hear what life would be like for you if you were Bernard Madoff the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. Here's what it sounds like as you return to your house from federal court after making bail. Fantastic. Well, you know, it sort of is, uh, it is William Randolph Hearst world. We're just living in it. Pretty funny stuff. All right. Are you on tomorrow, sir? Yes, I am. All right. We will speak with you and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Take care. Thanks. All right, there you go. Steve Kastenbaum. All right. So little to do. So much time. Uh, let's do some phone calls here. We'll have a few more stories with Byron Beck. We'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Speak now and amuse your peers. Hey, I got it. Uh... Well, let me say hello to everybody. By the way, this is voice number one, uh, kind of. <laughs> hey, uh, got an idea for you for uh, a fourth song for the top five, Trapped Under Ice by Metallica. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, that's not technically snow. It's, a, it's an ice song. Maybe we'd be better off doing ice songs. Cold as Ice by Foreigner. There you go. Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby. There you go. That's it. I think we've it. done ice before. Have we done? We've done them all before. Yeah, I almost feel... Well, here's the Cold thing. as Ice. Don't you feel like at this point we've already... Like we've done so many of the top fives. That's like when Chris Paddock starts putting together his, like his top five flexi disc songs. I mean, it's great because I never would have thought about that. It's almost like you have to have some external force come in, somebody and like sort of and challenge us by putting up some top five that is you know that, that we would never come up with on our own. All right, trapped under ice though. All right, I'll put it on the list. Right on. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. I have two suggestions for the snow list. Yes. Uh, one is a god stinking piece of crap by the Red Hot Chili Peppers named Snow Heyo. Okay. Uh, they were much better before they got off the heroin. And uh, what about the Nanook Eskimo by Frank Zappa? By what, huh? 
Nanook, the Eskimo, Frank Zappa. You know, here's the thing about Frank Zappa is uh, that guy put out like 572 albums, uh, and so it is impossible for one man, except for probably you, to know all that he released. <laughs> all I know, I mean, I know Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. That's yeah. it. That's so, it. That's, that's the song. Good. Yeah. All right. So there you go. All right. So that I guess that's the one we're talking about. It sounded like you said something else, but that's the one. That's the one winter-themed Frank Sinatra song that, or Frank Sinatra, Frank Zappa song <laughs> that I can come up with. All right. Well, I add it on the love, pile, sir. I would love to hear Frank Sinatra right. sing "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow." <laughs> thank, thank you, my friend. Best show ever. All right, there you go. Ring a ding ding. Don't eat the yellow snow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, winner in your heart. Hey, there you go. Ah. Uh, off uh, off the album No More Beautiful World just came out a couple years ago. Yep, and also I have a, a counter-programming idea for your top five. By the way, this is voice number two. Yes? <laughs> Good to know. Um, the top five, like, warmest possible songs. So we, I, could, so we could take it the other way. Everybody expects us to go one way. We go the opposite direction. Counterintuitive. Yeah, that might be a little close to Morning Zoo for your taste, but... You know, just trying to contribute. All right. I mean, well, you know, you do realize you're listening to a program that spends a lot of time uh, doing like a penis watch and a Britney watch. So, I mean, it's really, we're really no one to point fingers. It doesn't stop us from doing so, but we really are. We live in a glass, uh, we really live in a glass townhouse. All right. Thank you, All right, sir. Man, have a good day. To you as well, my friend. Drive safely. All right. Uh, let's do one final story here. We'll take a break, and we will come back and reset on the other side. Byron, thank you, by the way, for coming in. It's just... Oh, absolutely. We had, short notice. You're awesome. We had somebody we're not, and we won't name these folks, but we did have somebody who was going to be in the day who, you know, I can't get out of my driveway. Uh, and then the sort of person who had kind of asked to be kept, like, in reserve was not able to get back to us until, like, about 1130. So, so I was sloppy thirds. No. Oh, yes. I was about to say no. Uh, we had actually planned on having you back, but since I knew you were sort of uh, already out and kind of in the medium mode today, because we did the Outlook Portland thing this yeah. morning, which was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. We'll air in a couple weeks. The Sako, uh, the Family Values puppet segment, even though it hadn't aired yet, has already become legendary. Everyone wants to uh, see you talk to Sako, the Family Values puppet. So that'll be up in a couple weeks on uh, Sunday morning in the CW. Good to know. Good to know. We'll do a final news story here with Byron Beck, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, Britney Watch. Oh, fantastic. Here's your Britney Watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Byron Beck with today's Britney Watch. So Britney Spears has asked Kevin Federline to move back in with her. Well, because why not? The 27-year-old singer who has two children, Sean Preston and Jaden James, with ex-husband Kevin, who, uh, ding, 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 currently has full custody of this pair of sons, has reportedly decided to give her relationship with the rapper another chance. So this is, now, do we know where? Is this for sure? Is it like a real thing or is this like a source as close to the troubled pop icon? Uh, this looks like a real thing. Right. Well, who knows? I mean, the, the thing about it is, don't you get the feeling that, like, that dad of hers is the dam standing between uh, the river and a small town below? I mean, because if you look at Brittany's behavior, which we have for years on this program, like, with just the closest uh, set of eyes you can possibly imagine, she was crazy, 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 and then not so much sane as just not really heard from at all. And I get, the, I think the dad is just some sort of weird... The dad is just like, uh, the dad is, it's like when a guy's being let out of his house in handcuffs and he's doing that thing of putting the sport coat or the newspaper in front of his face. 
Like, you know he's still back there and guilty of something, but you just can't see it. I think that's what Jamie Spears is right now. He's just blocking Britney's crazy from view. I think the crazy is probably still there. You can't cure that level of crazy. Well, here's the interesting thing, and I will give this to you as an exclusive, and you cannot use it anywhere else. Um, supposedly, you know you're on the radio, right? I know. Like speaking I know. To, okay. So supposedly Britney spent some time in Oregon at a facility, and I literally had... a facility like a nut house. Uh, supposedly Britney spent some time at a facility near Portland. Uh, fixing a few things inside herself. Um, yes, maybe I don't know. So, like her lungs? No, no, no. You, you're on the right track with the first thing. And I tried to pitch that to my tabloid editor in L.A., and he said, "No, we're not in that mode right now. Britney's coming back." Wait. So the so the hmm. so, so you weren't allowed to do. This that the, theoretically she was how tabloids work near here doing something that might rhyme with e hab e hab yes wow. or ahab wow I really just uh that's like, a, that's like a Noel Coward wit coming out of my brain right now Jesus <laughs> something's coming out of your brain uh, and so but they, who did you pitch this to. I can't tell you. Well, I but have, I'm not the Willamette. No, 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 no. Well, I have, I'm I have sorry. My, you know, remember, I know my, your people my, my who whole, people. My, my tabloid career started off of overhearing Jennifer Aniston talking about Britney Spears. And she was saying how much she uh, was upset that Britney's kids were taken away from her. And then I became a tabloid reporter. And I ended up doing a lot of tabloid stories on a lot of celebrities in Portland. And I continue to this day, but now the, the checks have started to not come as frequently. I know that feeling. No, trust me. I've uh, I've been that guy. So I, I, I'm still weird. just as funny. I I know stuff. HR puppet stuff. Somebody pay me. And yeah, then, yeah. It's just, I, I don't know if the, the star or, or those papers are having some troubles, but I assume that because everyone else is, um, you know, I just think it's weird that they, they create and manufacture the fact that she is coming back, and so they stick with the comeback. Well, that's, we were actually had this, this discussion yesterday if you were doing the top five comeback albums, but I think this is like the third time that they get in the big, no, 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 Britney is really on the comeback trail right now. And she's become one of those folks that every time she toured, because it's so sporadic, that every tour and every record is a comeback. See also Madonna. See also Elton John. Cher, uh, uh, Tina Turner. Uh, yeah, was, I mean, all you really have to do is Beth take like Hitler. four or five records, or four or five years between records now, and when you come back, it's like this whole like, oh, thank God they've returned. But which, Michael Jackson will never come back. You know, I not in this, not in this life, baby. You no, know, you went to hear about songs about children. I well, it's just I think that I think uh, he's, just, he's too far gone. Well, he, not only that, but it's like we were talking about about this with you know with, with lots of you know lots of sort of. Like Anna Nicole is this sort of way where we just sort of dead. we binged on the Anna Nicole thing, so it's like we don't even. But you know what? Been like in an earlier time, they'd be rolling out movies and books and her biopic. But it's like when she died, it's like gorging on this meal where after a while you're like, okay, I don't need any more stuffing until next year. No more cranberries. I can I can wait. Same thing. I talked about this with O.J. Simpson too. We, you know, O.J. Simpson, you know, going away for hour, you know, whatever, up to thirty years or you know, and. Which is a thing that you'd think everybody, I mean, I guess everybody kind of heard it and went, well, okay, that's great. But it didn't really have, like, the media life that it would have in an earlier time sure. because it's like your dad making you smoke a carton of cigarettes and you just don't want anymore. Right, right. I think that's the thing with Michael Jackson because when you think about it, you know, it's just like, I can just I can talk about this stuff all day about the nature of celebrity and the media and, and culture. But I will just, I'll suffice it to say, because we're way over time here, that 
by all rights, we should, like even now, be fascinated with finding out everything about Michael Jackson because he's like the goddamn weirdest thing. It's the strangest story. Like, not just him personally, but his career arc. And when you think of how he started as a kid, like five years old, Jackson 5, and then Thriller, biggest thing in the history of everything. And then now, where it's like you see him in the newspaper, and you almost want to close it and put it away and kind of go, ugh, because right. he just makes you feel kind of oogie, as Annie Wilkes would say. I mean, that's just an amazing rise, fall, rise, and fall again. Uh, but none of us, but it's like we just don't even want to hear about it because it's just, it was, we just had too much. We had too much of that. So in a hundred years, there'll be like some creepy Sweeney Todd musical about Michael Jackson. You mark my words. It's not going to happen now, but someday. So, uh, Byron Beck, you can be reached. Byronbeck.com is the website. Yep. And as of this morning in Outlook Portland, we did christen you Portland's Gossip Gadfly. That is your new title. Galloping Gossip Gadfly. Yes. So, uh, byronbeck.com uh, and your email address, all your stuff is right there. Or? Yep. All right. Thank you. Byron Beck, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. I love you it. both. All right. We love you. Good luck uh, dodging those TriMet folks on the way home. They're a vengeful lot. They don't forget, they don't forgive, and they, uh, they aim for the junk. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Byron Beck, back after this uh, with your phone calls. We'll try to put together some ad hoc top five. Uh, we've got uh, Jim Rube coming up from CNN, more of your uh, input and all of that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. After this, don't go anywhere. That's an unpleasant phrase. My lips are splitting. They really hurt. They're really dry. All right. Did you just put lip gloss on? That's all I have. I was rooting around in my bag trying to find my chapstick. I don't know where it is. I don't think lip gloss has the same effect, does it? It doesn't, but at least it makes them a little less dry because it feels it like it looks somewhat tearing. less dead. All right, it'll bring. Really, oh, did Richie you. just bring in a big thing of petroleum jelly? Hey, Sarah, put that on your lips. I'm Richie, sure. It's... What do you? Why do you have petroleum jelly? Oh, please! Like you even? Why you see? Why do you even do that? I don't know. I don't know. I just appeared. I can't remember. Where was is, this? Is it used? Is it? it well, hold. Let me ask you Not this. Not really. Is that even? Not really. It's gently used, Sarah. Is it? Uh, is that Vaseline or is it off-brand Vaseline? It's good sense petroleum. <laughs> Not at that store. Not for use of latex. Protectant. Dollar yeah. Tree skin protectant. Compared really? to active ingredient of Vaseline. But I don't think I've used it. Look at the top. It's all kind of active ingredient. No, there have been fingers in there. Isn't it? Oh boy. <laughs> Isn't the active ingredient just goo? Hold on. Toss me that petroleum jelly, Sarah. Oh, boy, can I? Right, what did they use that for anyway? You can't really use it for... You know, that's a good question, actually. I've tried it, you know, before, and it doesn't work. It does not work. It isn't. What? For what? I've used it while playing. See, why do you have to call it playing? <laughs> it play, playing? Uh, playing with is yourself? just... yourself? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Wait. This is you, you mean with a, with a lady? Yeah. Uh, well, you know you're not supposed to do that. I didn't know that. Because it doesn't... It, it probably says... Well, do not rub this product in eyes. Sarah, whatever you do, don't rub this Vaseline in your eyes. Thanks, Rick. I was this close. This close. You know what it doesn't say here? Typically, I think they... St I think I thought it was like the actual Vaseline company, whoever it is that makes that. And by the way, can we... All Look, I'm sure it's a fine product for whatever it's used for. But can we all agree that Vaseline at this point just has a weird sound to it? Like, you just say Vaseline... 
out loud, and you just kind of get you get kind of a uh, sort of a cringe thing going on there. Yeah, it's using slang more late than anything. Is it? Yeah, without, slang without Vaseline. Oh no, that's true. Slang? Like you really, like you really, t- like you really get it put to you. Like they, like, uh, like if you get a dressing down from your boss, and you know they go, like, "Oh, the boss really gave it to him without Vaseline," which means that it was not like a gentle discussion. It was like you had the serious talking to. Yeah, but I don't know what else you use it for. Well, that's a good question, Sarah. What do you use Vaseline for? Not you personally. I think like for like super dry skin when you use it like on your elbows or what? Like, you're slipping, sliding all over the place. I mean, do you? But do Does people use it on super dry skin? But are you bluffing? I mean, do people put Vaseline on their elbows? I, think, I mean, I have when I had like dry, like if my hands were really dry, I've used Vaseline on before. You use it in fighting. I also use it for like if you're dyeing your hair, you put Vaseline along the base of your, um, on your skin, like on the base of your hairline, so that you don't get dye on your skin. All right, uh, fair enough. But I think the actual Vaseline company for a while, I, I think they they had to put this thing on the back it was like not for use with latex, because the deal is you've got people who are going to be sexing it up. And whatever, and it's like they would uh, be using uh, Vaseline for lubrication purpose. And, but but I think but I think the deal is it like disintegrates condoms or something. I think the deal is it didn't work too well. But see, I don't even want to know what you mean by that. And when I say you I don't want to know, I mean I really I don't. Use the whole know. bucket. I kept on having to use the whole use bucket. It. I mean, I just kept on. You kept having. To you had put to more use... on, put more on, and it just wasn't. Wow. I don't know. It just doesn't stay on. Or that something. just is not something that I. <laughs> it doesn't stay on. It was a long weekend, but. So is this like a last chance thing? Like you're like, what could I use for that? That was the only thing in the bathroom. There was. <laughs> it was before taboo video. There was nothing. There was just nothing around, and this uh, this oil of Olay just isn't getting the job done. No. This this bottle of rose milk doesn't really have the lubrication properties that I require. Yeah, and there was. I've used stuff out of the fridge. We won't go there. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, we have, no, now I have to know. Wait, hold wait, on, wait don't, don't tell me. Don't tell oh, me. No. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's stop for a second. <laughs> First off, you're on hold. We'll get your calls in a second. Richie is not screening calls. He's in here horrifying us with tales of his sexual antics. Oh, no. You've used stuff out of the fridge. Right. Now, you mean for a, a lubricant? For all kinds of things, yes. Mostly. But in... in so in, in more right. than one sexual way. But I yeah. mean, for okay. our purposes here in this conversation, we're talking about lubricants. Well, remember okay. Richie and the, and, um, the Ass Club and the Banana? No. Oh, God. Now I do. Damn you. Uh, I didn't for a second, but now it's all flooding my brain like some sort of like some sort of weird U joint in a sink. Um, I'm trying to think of what would even come out of the fridge. Is it like just like liquid Crisco or something, or you know whatever there's the jelly, like jam? Oh come on, really? Yeah. Are you kidding cool me? Whip, there's uh, yeah, oh yeah, Cool Whip's good though. You can use strawberries and stuff. No, but I mean, but I'm not talking. Okay, I not the flavor type. No. But yes, for function, there's like. To see, I can't that's believe what... it's not butter. <laughs> you put butter on yourself? I can't believe Did it's not... actually say that? Just, I can't believe it's not butter. Well, it's not. Butter. I can't believe it's not KY or chafing. <laughs> okay, so you used... Whip... Wait, so can you go through the list Hold again, on, before please? we even... Before I've we... tried everything no, no. in the fridge. Hold... Stop, stop, everyone, for the love of God. I want to clarify something here. And can I just tell you right now that my brain is so evenly split? There's part of me that just desperately doesn't want to continue this conversation, but it's like now we're so far in... This is like, uh, you know, this is like one of those things where you're halfway through the forest, you know, but you're so far in that it's just easier to go out the other side rather than try to backtrack all the way back to the Shire. So, 
I'm not talking about some real sex HBO thing where it's like, and then I made my lady into a cake, <laughs> and then we decorated her with the finest berries, and then we consumed her, or just some like some We're like about some drunk hooker series like ketchup. yeah, I mean, like some some gay thing where you're trying to like dress up the sex or whatever because there's going to be a camera crew there. I'm not. You're talking about, and again, we are discussing this in terms of health. This is a health issue and a sociological issue. Nutrition here. And a nutritional issue. Thank you, Richie. Uh, here on KCFD Portland, uh, a proud part of the CDBS radio family, uh, operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. This is a news talk radio station, and we are having this discussion in that capacity. Um, so when we're talking about this horrifying use of things from your fridge, we're not talking about for, like, decorative or, like, flavoring purposes. This is for a lubricative yeah, purpose. Sometimes for flavor. But, like, jam? There's yeah. seeds and stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not going to bother you. At least I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I don't Maybe I'm just sort of assuming the sort of activity you're talking about. But isn't that... Sticky. I Well, but I say... I think <laughs> stickiness would be sticky. the... I think stickiness would be the least of your problems. I mean, if you... Isn't there a lot of, uh... Or like seeds? Isn't that going to be? I mean, yeah, that's going to be. Uh, I was thinking about that. Chunkiness. And I mean, about other things at the time. Like, what girl are you with that would want that around that area? That's oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, who? You can't answer by just saying, "Oh yeah." Oh yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the girls. I'm just. But I mean, what kind of girl are you with? It's like I don't know. They have some Mrs. Butterworths in there. That'll be good. I'll bring that in, baby. That'll be fun. <laughs> to me, fun maybe. It seems like those. Like it seems like any girl that would be willing to have you use like Smucker's products on her. Would probably be the kind to just like have her own lube with her. Oh no. <laughs> I, know, well, anyway, I, I know many girls who carry around their own lubricant. Oh, hard shell, that chocolate topping hard shell. That is awesome. It is because it, you know, it dries up. Yes, it I, makes a chocolate shell. Uh huh. Oh yeah. I remember, now I need to get the it product is not safe for that is not for contraceptive purposes. By the way, <laughs> so. Let's get back to this. You could say chocolate love. <laughs> Please don't. So let's get back to this. Where did you find this jar of Vaseline that you just handed Sarah to use on her face? Oh, it's in my room back there. <laughs> but why? Why is there a jar of Vaseline back there? I think a listener gave it to me. So you want to give me listener Vaseline that's been sitting in your room? We don't even to need to put on my mouth. It's not used. I opened we don't it first. Eat, we don't even eat food that listeners drop off unless we really know who the person is most of the time. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's not just us by the way. That is a radio. There is a radio phrase called. This is a phrase you hear if you work in radio. People seem to. We, we will talk about pulling back the curtain sometimes. There's a phrase in radio called listener food, <laughs> and listener food is just what it sounds like. It's food that's been dropped off at the front desk uh, by some listener that said like, "Hey, love the show. Have some squash." And it, it, there's there's two times you'll eat the listener food. Well, I mean, unless you're absolutely starving, unless you're a week, unless you're a weekender, <laughs> you'll eat it if you know the listener. If it's somebody you know, so you're like, oh, I know that guy, like Andy, the homeschool kid, or you know, you know, any of our, any of our, you know, the listeners who we know have been with us for a long time, they'll drop something. I'll be like, okay, that's great. Um, or, or if Dave or one of us talked to the listener when they were here, and if we sort of got a good vibe off of them. In other words, you know, we'll get listeners to come by sometime, and we haven't really ever met them in person, or we've just talked to them fleetingly at a party. But they're like, hey, love the show, and, uh, you know, we're making some holiday food, and I have those Christmas cookies, and, here's some you know, jelly. <laughs> you have to quit saying that. And it's like, well, here's, you know, here's some food. I thought you might, guys might like it. You know, it, you know just uh, take it. You know, these, my wife made these are great. That's fine. So, well, you know, if you meet the listener face-to-face, -face and you feel good about the food, and this is all radio stations everywhere. 
if neither of those two criteria are met, if you haven't met the listener yourself personally or if you don't know who they are, have a good feeling about them, here's what happens with that listener food. It's not that it's not eaten. It's just put on a table in, in the kitchen with no note or anything on it, and it's just left there because you figure the salespeople and weekenders will come in and they'll consume it all. So that being said, we don't even really eat actual uh, like consumable items unless we know who they came from. This is a jar of Vaseline given to you by a listener. What, who, what listener? I don't remember. So, uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> from a, a random, and this is not, by the way, that there, is used. Are there you are grooves in the top I of this. I opened it first. I, I remember it was there are unused. There are sort of like finger trenches in the top that of this That was my Vaseline. fingers, I'm sure. Well, I thought you just said it was unused. <laughs> Well, it was unused when hands, I opened it. Except for Richie's fingers, fingers gently have, stroking through it. <laughs> fingers that have touched a girl who allowed herself to be filled with Smucker's jam at your house. <laughs> Are you seeing where this all falls apart in terms of Sarah rubbing this on her lips? Oh well. Yeah. So I bought that Carmex though. Okay, that's great. For great. cold sores. Yeah, have fun with that. Use I'm, Carmex for cold sores, fever, blisters, and chapped lips. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kermit. No, I'm sure. Kermit. <laughs> we put a tag on that. <laughs> we should build them for that, Richie. Oh, yeah. I'll get the AEs on a retro buy for that. No, we need more Vaseline. Well, <laughs> I suppose this week that really is true. Uh, all right. Well, in any event. Hello, how are you doing, Sarah Dillon? Oh, just fabulous. I think all of the things we were just going to use this time for. Remember 15 minutes ago when we had actual content we were going to fill this time with? By the way, before we do anything else, we should also note that the office is closed. CBS Radio closed the office an hour ago as soon as We're they... We're the only ones here. And Fat, Court and Fatboy are still here, too. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You know, the, the, uh, I should say this. The programming staff and Susan Reynolds are still here. Chris Paddock, here. Crystal Cash, here. Lisa Wood, what? here. Court and Fatboy, here. Uh, Rick, Richie, Sarah, here. Susan Reynolds, here. Everybody else... I don't know. Uh, I did see some snow falling out of the sky. I guess we have no choice but to leave. I couldn't possibly work from my desk today. We get stuck, right? What's that? Can we get stuck here? Do you, do you want to hear an email? I'll read this, and then we'll take a break, and we'll oh, come God. back. i got lots of food. Listen to this. You do have a lot of food. We've got uh, this. Uh, this email says, um, uh, let's see, where, did, where the hell did it go? There's a hotel right there, too. I had a, uh, I had a fantastic email I was going to read. Hold on a second. <laughs> no, no, no. It was there was an email. I was there was an email I was gonna read um, that it was from a guy. Let's see. And I, and I almost I almost don't want to read it until I can actually until I can actually find it. I want to paraphrase it um, because he was talking about uh, the weather and he was talking about how you know it's just been all all crazy and you know whatever. And he's a guy who's been. We got an email from a guy who's been stuck in his office for three days now. No way. No. Let me see. Let me see really really quickly. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, let's see, weather and... Help me, I'm stuck. It doesn't even say that. Um, oh, here, uh, uh, no, it's gone. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where the hell it went. We can find it during the break. Yeah, I don't know where it went. I'll try to find it during the break. But it was an email from a guy who's actually been, he's been stuck in his office for several days now and can't get out. So, all right. Oh, here we go. Um, okay, I'll read it on the other side. I found it. We'll read it when we come back. When we return, Jim Roop from CNN uh, Radio. Uh, we will endeavor to do the uh, top five. It is High Concept Wednesday, and if you're on hold, Richie, please take this away from me and burn it. Oh, I touched it with my hand. Oh, God. Thinking. Oh, now it's on my hands. These dirty hands. Dirt won't come off. Back after this. Uh, now, gonna, now I can't turn. I have to turn the mic up with my L. Oh, yeah. 
Emerson Radio Program. Hey, rub this on your face. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Right Here's now. the thing about that petroleum jelly, and then we'll talk to the gym room. Uh, Richie has this big, as he put it, bucket of Vaseline that a listener gave him. Yes, sitting around his booth. Doesn't Vaseline seem like it's on the verge of becoming one of those old-timey products, mm-hmm. like Moxie or something? or like? Tyra Banks puts it all over her face. Really? Where's that? Mm-hmm. I've always wondered if Tyra Banks puts it all over her face, Sarah. Now I know the answer. Uh, but it seems like 20 Mule Team Borax or Sterno or something. Like one of those products from about 1905 uh, that just sort of exists like as some sort of zombie consumer good. Just sort of lurches on from one decade to the next, unloved, unpurchased. So by creepy listeners. Let's uh, welcome to the Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. How you doing, brother? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. Um, so just in case you're wondering what we're talking about here, we weren't really just bringing up Vaseline for no reason. Just so you can have the same image in your head that we all now have, uh, Sarah was noting that her lips were very chapped, but she left her, like, chapstick at home. Uh-huh. And she's like, I don't know, I got these dry lips. It's, it's all cold and wintry here and, you know, whatever. But um, she was like, I don't have anything for my chapped lips. So Richie, like ten seconds later, trying to help as he... Always does, and in his own unique fashion. Richie appears in the studio holding uh, like a tube of you of you used Carmex. It sounds so much better coming out the second time. It, holding a tube of used Carmex and a big tub tub of Vaseline. And I said, "Why do you have that? Like the Vaseline? Like where? Where? Why do you? Wh- why did that happen just now that you brought that in?" And he goes, "I was just sitting in my booth." And I said, okay, but why is a big tub of Vaseline, which was later determined to be used, sitting in your booth? And he goes, I don't know. Somebody gave it to me. And I said, who? And he goes, uh, some listener. So R- Richie's solution to Sarah's chapped lips was to bring in a used tub of Vaseline given to him by some anonymous listener that he then wanted Sarah to rub on her mouth. And it was like the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And that, like, in Richie's head... Somehow A went to B, went to C, all the way down to Z. Like it seemed like a perfectly plausible way to address the dryness of her of her skin. Then went to him talking about all the products that he uses from his refrigerator uh, to use for sexual acts with women. Oh, oh that 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 was oh, come on. No, seriously, I wish you heard it. a big it. conversation about jelly. Seriously, and the thing about Richie is, you know when he's lying and when he's not. And I can tell that Richie tells the truth about all of these things that you desperately. It's like a hundred percent of the time, he doesn't lie. And that's and you like and you're like in your head, you're desperately hoping that it's a fabrication, like whatever that old film was that had the tagline, just keep telling yourself, it's only a movie. Like with Richie, you kind of you kind of hope in your head that he is like a Phil Hendry character, but no, he's right here detailing the various uses for Mrs. Butterworth's buttery syrup. So, in any event, how's your life going? Lord, uh... Better than that. Yes, yes, it is, sir. Hey, so you guys are going to be, going to be sending a bunch of cops to this inauguration. It is like well, it's a. We're not sending a bunch anymore. I mean, the original request was 500 by Washington D.C. 
and that was uh, whittled down to 347. And then finally, uh, we're down to 112. Yeah, but they're the LAPD, which means they've got like the clubbing power of like a thousand normal cops. No, they're the sheriff, so it's even worse. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> so they got the clubbing, tasing, pepper spraying, shooting, and breaking your oh, bones man. power. Yeah, they're stormtrooper types. Oh yeah, you don't want to. anything wrong with that. No, no, no. Sometimes look. You need it. Sometimes that's what's called for, Jim. That's right. Sir. I sometimes look. Let's you and I just speak together as men here. Sometimes there are people who need a good beating. Oh, you got to beat the crap out of people every now and again. That's what I'm saying. Just because there's folks who are there's folks who are just asking for it, really. Um, and as we once said on this program, the, the, really the, the problem that seems to happen with so many police uh, officers is that they don't beat you know they don't beat people the right amount. They either beat them way too much or they don't beat them quite enough. Nobody ever gets beaten to just the appropriate degree. And, I mean, it really is just a... Well, you know, a there's a way. I have many friends who are cops. And they, if they were allowed to, because the way it used to be, you beat people to the point where they won't do what they just did anymore. That's what I'm saying. There is a point where you, where you, where you drive that home. And uh, now the cops, they can't do that anymore. Yeah, I see. Which is why there's so many recidivists out there. Yeah, this is a whole nation. We've all gone soft, Jim. It's an agent of soft. That's what I'm saying. Well, you look, can I just tell you this? Uh, you know, we, we got uh, about a, a half an inch of snow on the ground that just started falling about an hour ago. The office immediately closed. <laughs> CBS, I'm not lying. CBS Radio Portland closed an hour ago because there were big, white, fluffy flakes of goodness falling out of the sky that threatened to, at some point, maybe in some future parallel world, stick to the ground. And so, like, I mean, no, battle stations, dive! And the klaxon went off. And, like, immediately every single person except for the programming statute vanished into the air like Kaiser Soze. Perfect. So, you know, it's just uh, that's just the world in which we live, Jim Rook. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever been, uh, you probably haven't had this done, but you've ever been around pepper spray when it's oh, yeah. used? Yes. What is the deal with pepper spray? And here's the reason I ask you. Thanks. I'm asking you this because uh, I was speaking with somebody the other day, and this person was talking about how there was somebody who needed to be controlled Needed to be uh, needed to be incapacitated, and how uh, the cops went immediately from pepper spray, like from just saying like stop it, stop it, get on the ground now, get on the ground, get on the ground. They went from verbal warning to pepper spray to clubbing, uh, to clubbing and cuffing immediately without a stop at Taserville. And I was wondering, is there some reason, like, it seems like pepper spray would be a thing that we would no longer use because it just seems difficult to control, easy to turn against the, the user, and probably has a stronger chance of just ancillary, like, you know, uh, you know like sort of uh, collateral damage. Well, if you, have, if you have somebody holding on to the person who's your target, that person's going to feel the effects, too. Yeah. Depending upon how close you can get to the subject. I mean, I've seen... And, and, you know, I've seen people get right into someone's face and use that pepper spray, and it works great because it doesn't really affect those around you, other than maybe give you a, a sniffle right. or, or watery eyes, not so much the burning. But, man, if, if, if there's too much of a struggle and that spray goes in either direction except for the intended direction, then, yeah, everybody's affected by it. You know what the cops ought to have? This is a thing that the LAPD well, – I'm full of good ideas today. This is like the ninth fantastic idea I've had. in this. Throwers? What's that? Flamethrowers? Well, no, see, that too, uh, yes. But here's what I'm thinking the cops ought to have. And this is a cultural reference that may or may not be lost in you. Sarah will know what I'm talking about, and nerds in the house will get this. You may or may not know about a thing called the Nintendo Power Glove. Now, the... I was just talking about the wizard last night. 
You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. The Wizard of the Movie with Fred Savage featuring mm-hmm. uh, uh, Super I'll Mario 3. Jenny Lewis in it as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Rilo Kiley, Jenny Lewis? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. She um, the, yeah, she's the girl in it. So the Nintendo Power Glove was this great device that they sold for the Nintendo NES uh, you know, back in the day. And it didn't really catch on, but it was it was a big sort of plasticky kind of glove that went on your hand. It kind of looked like, uh, it sort of looked like... Uh, like a stormtrooper glove from Star Trek or from Star Wars, basically like that sort of like plasticky body armor thing. But it just went from about halfway up your arm down to your hand, and there was a controller on top and buttons. But most importantly, if you've ever seen the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, where there was that gun where you could play Duck Hunt and you could shoot the ducks on the screen, the Power Glove had that on the tip of the pointer finger. So basically, you could you put the glove on your hand and use it as a gun if you were playing a shooting game. I think the cops ought to have some Nintendo Power Glove type device that has got, like, the pepper spray, the mace, the taser, all of that, uh, the walkie-talkie, everything built right into the glove. And so you don't need to get the taser out of your belt. You just have the glove on your hand. Some guy, some jackass starts giving you a bunch of lip, won't get on the ground, (laughs) tased right there. Hmm. I'm telling you right now, all you have to do is just aim your hand at him, and you, like, it's so it would be like a sort of combination... Uh, RoboCop and Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there you go. That's cool. I like that idea. See, there you see. Finally, I give out an idea. And it's appreciated. I'm just, and this is another idea that you and I both know that is great, and it'll just going to fritter away into the ether and be and used that, by nobody. That, but see, that would free them up too because that takes a lot of crap off their belt. That's what I'm saying. So they can run fast. That's what I'm, they can run faster. And plus, let's be honest. If you have a you know, the cops, uh, you know, you know, though they, and you know, we have a great amount of respect for police officers because uh, you know a lot of a lot of people out there listen to us, you know, who work for the man and some. Uh, it's some degree or another, and so I will say this: that like although cops are highly trained, a lot of times you get your, that gun taken away, or cops will get the taser taken out of their hands and stuff. You fall, it comes out of your you know your holster, whatever things happen. This not only is it going to free you up to run, less stuff on your belt, it's not going to get taken from you. I mean that thing's going to stay on your arm. That's true. So. I'm telling you right now, that would be a win-win-win situation. And, then, of course, it would inject money into the economy because some guy's got to get the contract to make that item. As long as it's made in the U.S., yeah. That's You know what? But here, you know what we do in America? Better than most other places, we we build things that kill folks. And we do it well. <laughs> we, yes, we, you're absolutely right. We do. We, you know, if it's, we build stuff. I mean, we, we excel in two different industries. Uh, those industries are guns slash weapons and porn. And that's it. And we, right there, we... And big money makers, pal. You know, and, and we've sort of ceded the auto industry and the electronics industry to, for example, Japan in many cases. Uh, you know, a lot of our textiles overseas, uh, a lot of our finest uh, rock and roll now comes from places other than America. But I'm telling you right now, if it's a thing that's going to be used to knock out some guy's teeth, uh, you know, or maybe like uh, cut off one of his hands, uh, or if it's, you know, has something to do with silicone and uh, naughtiness, we excel in those areas. So you can pass that idea along to the LAPD the next you time know, we talk I, I swear to you, I'm going to bring that up and see what, see what kind of looks I get. That's what I'm saying. You know what? You know who would think that's a, the, the greatest idea in the history of the world? Cops who are actually out there on the streets. Oh, yeah, no doubt. On patrol. Yeah. If I had uh, like a, a million dollars of capital right now or, you know, venture funding or whatever, I would absolutely get R&D on that, and I'd have them making that in a garage today. I could probably just patent the idea and then sell it to some guy who would make it. 
It's <laughs> so great. By the way, such an idea. You know what? And by the way, I had that idea before. That is not the intellectual property of CBS, uh, incidentally. I had I came up with that idea last night for our purposes here. I hope you wrote that down. Somewhere. That idea belongs to me, not you, Les Moonves. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, in any event, I don't even know what else we were going to be talking. Anyway, so you guys are going to send the. Uh, the are you are you getting to, is somebody from CNN to go to the inauguration? Is that going to be you by any chance? No, it won't be me. It'd be Lisa or Dick or. Uh, Bob, I think you guys are DC folks. So you know, but you know, you all are journalists. I think you guys ought to draw lots. I don't want to go. Throw the umum thumum dice from the book of the book of Genesis or whatever it is for those. Uh, I don't want to go. Really? Is that you just don't like people? No, I like people in small amounts. All right. Well, this is not going to be that. I don't want to go to a million of them and not have a place to. I have to go to that damn rose parade. You know, so that's that's. You know, I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. and this is going to be like the Rose Parade, but with lots and lots of hippies. Yeah, which is good because it gives you something to talk about. But I, you know, no. Yeah. All right. I'll let them do that. Hey, uh, just as a final note here, here's a dumb question. We were talking, apart from Richie Bristol's perverse life. What is Vaseline actually for? Well. I mean, you know, I mean, in terms of, like, if I were to ask the folks at Vaseline Incorporated, like, how am I supposed to use this? Because we were actually having this discussion, and we couldn't really figure out, at this point in 2008, what that product's intended use well, is. I know what we used to use it for was uh, to to eliminate diaper rash on the kids. Is that true? Yeah, that's what we used to use it for until other lotions came out. See, that's what I mean. I mean, I can see that at a certain point in time. Before you had, again, other lotions or salves or ointments or, or whatever, uh, you know, it was, it was sort of the scorched earth policy. Like it's if a you, lubricant. You put it at the end of the rectal thermometer before you use it. You know, you, that's that as of, well? You know, that's, uh, seriously, that's what we did. All right. You know? I do know that sometimes if you're going to be shaping a holster around a gun, cops will cover the gun in Vaseline and then they'll put it in the holster and then you soak it in water and it form fits the holster. That's the only other use I know and that's only because G. Gordon Liddy talked about it one time. So. Uh, well, you know, you, you can you can work in a baseball glove with it. Okay, no, that, that you can do that as well. All right, see, there you go. See, this is, uh, yeah, I knew there was an... If like, your hands are really chapped, you can use that. That's, it really works. I guess if you're going to be like an it, like industrial strength cold, too. Because, it, again, it just seal, you know, just covers everything up. All right. Exactly. Man, it just seemed like one of those products like uh, Sterno or Borax, whose time might have might have come and gone, but maybe not. So. No, people still use it. And I guess without Vaseline, we would have no Vicks VapoRub, which is a thoroughly weird product that we all got slathered with as children. <laughs> Can I tell you this? Every time somebody mentions that, I smell it for some reason. Because it's one of those, well, because, you know, uh, that smell, people think that it's a uh, sight or hearing or whatever. But of all the senses linked to memory, smell, no, the olfactory yeah. sense is the most strongly linked to the of the brain that process memories. I agree. I, I, I think you're right. That's why when you open like an old musty magazine, you think of your granddad's basement or you know whatever. Uh, but you know, can I? Can I, I, can I just like, like my relatives, and some of them notwithstand, like some of them are exceptions. My bro, my younger brother is the exception. My mom is a uh, you know uh, you know a learned woman in some ways. You know she was a nurse and and, and all that. But just the vast majority of my family is just. It's not even like a family tree. It's just a stump. I mean, it's just. I don't even have branches on my family tree. It's like a stump growing out of a cesspool, for the most part. Just some of the densest people you've ever... But but I had this aunt and uncle who lived in a charming town called Vancouver, Washington. And it, they just, for the longest time, they thought that whenever my cousin, who himself was just a stout and not terribly bright individual... But, you know, it's like the apple didn't fall too far, uh, you know, from, from, from the stump. And... 
So whenever he would get a cold, they thought this idea that you were supposed to take Vicks Vapor Rub and just give him a big spoonful of it to swallow. And I don't know why you would that, especially because it says don't eat this, like in big letters on the side. Swallow it? You're serious? <laughs> Listen, like the tone of confusion is exactly, that was always my deal. Like he would be sick and my aunt would be like, well, time for some Vicks Vapor, Vapor Rub. And it's like, you know, we would say... Well, that's probably true. I guess that'll help clear up your nasal passages. She would go to the cupboard, get down the Vicks Vapor Rub, out comes the spoon. And I would say to myself, well, that's an odd way to measure it. I don't know. Maybe they figured out that three tunes, three, you know, three two spoonfuls covers his, like, chest or whatever. And, like, in the, in the spoon would go, out the spoon would come, filled with Vicks Vapor Rub, and then it would shovel it right into my cousin's mouth, and he would swallow it. And even as, like, a nine-year-old, I remember going... All right, these people are really stupid. Is he, is he still alive? This kid? God only knows. I mean, you know, he's one of those. He's one of those guys. Probably died in some sort of New Year's Eve incident involving firing a gun straight up into the air. You know, my family is just. Uh, it's just like one. It's just like one big. It, it, it's like one big uh, rebuttal of, of Darwin's argument. You know what I mean? Just, uh, just a whole lot of people bent over, brain the size of a kidney bean. Wow. But you know. It's family, so what can you do? All right, well, in any event, so don't swallow Vicks Vapor Rub, kids, no matter what uh, your idiot mother tells you. Uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Yes, I am. All right, you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Snow, uh, sleet, hail, smog, oobleck, uh, we're going to be here tomorrow because it's All what right. we do. So okay. we'll talk to you then, sir. Thank you, boss. All right, Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How are you today? Oh, splendid. We never got to the high-concept topic, but maybe we can do it on the other side here. Yes. Because I never, you know, we had this idea for a top five, and God bless the audience. They tried to help, and it just didn't come together. Byron had places to be. We had stuff to do, and Richie was Vaseline. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We come back, uh, because uh, Laura and I were out uh, just looking around the other day, and we didn't end up buying anything. But we were looking around, and we were in one of those stores downtown, like in that mall downtown that I can never figure out. Do you ever notice this? Whenever you're downtown in Portland... And you're trying to go to that uh, the Pioneer Courthouse Mall or what? <laughs> pardon me, whatever. No, it is. I never go there. But well, see, but I didn't. But there was just no, you know, we had like some time to kill. But you ever notice this? No matter what building, like no matter what store you're trying to get to, like you pick the wrong building. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what building you pick. The store you want is across the street and like across the street. It's like caddy court. You never ever ever pick the building that has the store you want. You know. Well, I'm trying to get to Brookstone, and then, oh, it's over there. i got to walk. You know, what about this? Well, I'm trying to get to Things Remembered. Uh, I'm sorry, that's over there. Doesn't matter what store you're trying to get to. You're like, you just need, a, like, a latte or something? No, you're in the wrong store. I have not purchased an, a single Christmas present. Actually, that's why. I just purchased my first one, but it was on the Internet, like, just right now. Oh, dude, you can do all your shopping online. Yeah, well, I had it, yeah. And totally avoid people completely. I mean, top to bottom, you don't talk to anybody. I guess so. I'm just saying. Dude, it's like in a week, and I haven't bought anything. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, I just tell people up front, like, I won't be buying you anything. So, you know, because I've given the money to the poor or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, but, and, but, Last year, didn't you say that you got a bunch of um, I like, did. poor children sponsored? I did. I You're an evil I lied. Li I lied about a poor, chil about a poor child in, the, uh, in one of the other hemispheres. In a country that, like, you can't really look up on the Internet or verify. No, 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 in Blagrovia. No, his name is uh, Sven. Lives in a mud hole. But now, thanks to you, in a larger mud hole with um, a bag of wheat. So I didn't buy you anything. Merry Christmas. Uh, so that's how I handled it last year. But, you know, Lara and I don't typically buy each other a lot of presents. Because what we do is we'll kind of go in together and we'll buy one big couple's gift together. You know, it's like maybe like an electronic item or something. And then we'll buy each other one present 
but with a dollar value of no more than a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's it, which is really it's a way to keep it really. But you know, let's be honest. Uh, it's like a large, 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 large amount of uh, of our yearly income was uh, spent on gigas in South America this year. So I would say the pressure is a little off me in terms of uh, what I have to buy for Christmas this year. Anywho, so we were downtown and we saw one of those things I was talking about. It's not the Kindle, which is that book reader from Amazon, mm-hmm. but it's the Sony version of the Kindle. I told you about this, right? The Kindle? Mm-mm. Uh, okay, it, the Kindle is, I'm holding up a compact disc in my hand, a regulation-sized compact disc. Imagine an item that is about this thick. Oh, no, you have talked about this. Yes, it's the book thing, right? It is. It's about this thick, it's about this wide, but maybe about four inches taller. So about a compact, like if you were to take a compact disc case, turn it on its side, make it about three inches taller, and you can read books on it. And Jason Crump saw one, and he told me something. He said, when you see this Kindle... He said, you're not going to believe that it's real. You're going to think it's like a sti- like a demonstration thing that they put on there oh, as like a, a sticker. sticker on it? Totally, like in a BlackBerry, they'll put on a sticker that shows you what the screen would look like. And I'm like, oh, that's a sticker. And then I hit, the, I hit the button, and it turned the page. It doesn't even look like a computer screen. It looks like paper. It was freaky. I mean, it was a little terrifying, actually. So, But that's not the Kindle. That's like the Sony version, which is like the blah, 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 uh-huh. or whatever. Um, but that got me thinking about gadgets. So we got half an hour left. Yes? One break after this? Two? Two. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know who's on hold about what. Somebody about Vaseline, of course. Uh, but when we get back, uh, I, I think we will roll today's high-concept topic uh, in this half hour. And what we're going to talk about is uh, the gadget I really need to own. So that is today's high concept topic. High concept for Wednesday. The gadget I really need to own is, because we are heading into the holidays. This is true. And nothing celebrates the birth of Jesus like something that plugs into the wall and makes a whirring noise. All right, so uh, there you go. So uh, yours is the Kindle. Uh, or I, but, uh, Maybe. I just I mean, that thing is really cool. The thing about the Sony one is you got to dock it with your computer to add stuff. The Kindle from Amazon is wireless. So it's like a wireless iPod for books and magazines. That's pretty Carried cool. around. New York Times. I'm just saying it's pretty cool. I don't even know if I would buy one, but it's pretty cool. So uh, we come back. Uh, a high concept topic is the gadget I really need to own is it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. Oh, with so. my 
Dean Martin here. And I know it's sacrilege to people, but this is the best version of the song. It's better than the Sinatra version. But I'm sorry to Damon, everybody. 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is High Concept Wednesday, uh, followed by High Concept Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, high Concept for today, I say, trying to find uh, my sounder. Wait, hold on, and yeah, there we go. It's 503-733-2970. It's High Concept Wednesday. Uh, today's High Concept. Uh, complete the following sentence. The one gadget you really need to own is... The gadget you really need to own Now is. I want that thing you were talking about. You want to go... They have it at the finer electronic stores everywhere. You can go look at it. It's. I don't know what the Sony one is called. The Amazon one is the Kindle. And I think you have to... I don't know if you can go see that anywhere because they sell it online. Mm-hmm. You look at that Sony one, it's freaky how much it looks like paper. Okay. It's totally weird. I mean, I think in 10 years, uh, you know, people won't have the weird hang-up about, like, downloading a, a, a newspaper or something like that now. It's just, it's, yeah, it's come along. That technology's come a long way. It's kind of weirding me out. Uh, best gadget is slash gadget you have to own is. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's Gotta up? Gotta get a Wii. I'm sorry? Gotta get a Wii. You know, I have the 360. And I've sort of I've pondered getting the Wii because they have that Force Unleashed game, which lets you use the Wii Mote as like a white uh, like a lightsaber. You know, I haven't tried that one yet, but it looks really good. I will say this about the Wii: the Wii, which is such an embarrassing name, and, and saying Wii Mote yeah. is especially bad. It makes me feel like <laughs> such. Kind of you just sound like, like a knob. Sounds like a eunuch. Um, but I will say the Wii is the sort of game system the whole family can agree on. Because as holiday parties get together, family reunions, even if you don't like your relatives, even if you flat out loathe them. You can put on, like, Wii Bowling, Wii Tennis, uh, whatever, and, you know, uh, that will bring people together for at least 20 or 30 minutes. You know, my mom is an old school teacher. She doesn't like video games, but she plays the Wii. Yeah. No, it's... So does my mom. (laughs) That is the genius of Nintendo. They capture the entire family demographic, sir. All right. And hey, you know, nothing celebrates the birth of baby Jesus like throwing your arm out playing Wii baseball. That's what I'm saying. Thank you, my friend. Thanks. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Oh, I just hung up on a guy. Ah, I'm sorry about that. That was some guy. Sorry, some guy. I just hung up on you. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, the gadget you got to own is... Hello, hi. Is this me? Yes, it is. Yes. Hello, sir. Oh, sorry. I heard, I heard the, the static blast, and then you said you hung up on a guy. Oh, that was uh, the other guy. Hello, how yeah. can I help you? Oh, well, I was just going to say that the new uh, Google phone... That's, um, I mean, it's a phone, which is not really a gadget, but the phone itself is really, it's just a bunch of gadgets tied to a phone. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, like, they have that UPC reading function, and they've got, like, the, the map where you can hold it up and look at the screen, and it's like Google Maps Street View on your phone. So this is, and it's got that Android operating system or whatever they call it? Yeah. Uh, Like, that has one of those, it is amazing. It's like, we, we were just screwing around for, like, half an hour, like, Go around the house scanning things with the UPC thing, and it looks them up online like five seconds. That is pretty amazing. The uh, now is that like is that? Can you just go buy that kind of now and and use it? I mean, is it like one carrier you have to use for that? Uh, I think it has to be T-Mobile. All right, all right. But yeah, and also the the Wii, uh, the name. I, I was wondering if anyone knew why they changed it to Wii. Originally, the Wii was called the Revolution when they first started advertising it. I don't know. I wonder if the Revolution sounds too much like one of those Sega products that never quite took off. I don't know. And it sounds it sounds too much like something like one of those things, like that 32x expansion system or something they had that kind of bombed. I mean, look, if they can get you to buy a thing that that sounds like a euphemism for urination, then by God, they're doing something right as a company, I guess. <laughs> All right, Google Phone. Yes. All right, Google. thank you, sir. 
All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is the one gadget you must own? Uh, Sarah's new dildo. Thanks. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that guy. It just encourages him. I know. Every time. 503-733-2970. Uh, the gadget you must own or purchase. I actually did just get a new one, though, courtesy of your wife. Remember she gave me that one? Oh, I remember. <laughs> uh, hello. Hi. You're on the yeah, Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Well, I was going to say the Wii, but um, the thing is, is that the Wii is like really complimented with a pair of Zenhauser remote headphones. Please to explain. Well, because you're playing the Wii, you have to have like um, either really, really good uh, stereo, a really good stereo, something that you just spend a whole pile of money on, or you can get these Zenhauser headphones for it that like play on whatever the Wii is hooked up to. I mean, it, like, are they wireless? Yes, they are. They're really, really nice too. I was playing Resident Evil 4. I, I'm like really into that game, mm -hmm. and it's <clears throat> it's been a uh, a real good game and all that. But it didn't really get how creepy it was until I put those headphones on, and like the things were like coming up in back of me, you yeah. know, and they they spotted me like down a hall or something like that, and I hear them like go like ah. That was like my that thing with uh, with Doom 3. When I was playing Doom 3, I mean, which is a terrifying video game, and uh, I my my wife didn't understand why it was so terrifying, and I was like, and I've been playing it with Sony headphones, these these great Sony headphones, and it, again, same thing, the three dimensional sound of like a huge spider crawling up behind you in a hallway, and I had her play that, and about thirty seconds into it, she just took these off. She's like, "F this, this game is terrifying." So yeah, my wife can't watch me play it. She just says, "Oh, forget that." She says, "His head just popped like a zit," and I said, "Yeah." yeah. That's 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 just that's just fun right there, honey. That's my coworker. I mean, yeah, that's fun. Well, you know what I think about now that I think about it. You know, I've been playing that Left for Dead uh, just for hour after hour after hour of glorious zombie killing goodness now. But Are I you haven't still obsessed with that. Uh, still, it's only been a week. Still, yeah. I mean, the game's only the game's been out less than a month, Sarah. Still, yeah, it knows it's going to be many many weeks to come. My holiday break uh, is just going to be nothing but uh, headshots. Um, but I haven't played it with headphones yet. I had to do that today. Yeah, try it. Try it out. If you get a, if you get a chance to try a pair of those out, they're really, really nice. They're expensive as all get out, but they're well worth it. I'm willing to pay for quality, sir. Have a good one. Thank Thanks. You. Thank Bye -bye. you, my friend. Uh, high concept Wednesday. The gadget I must own is hello. Hi, you're on the recommendation. Okay. See, here's the thing. So now we just bleeped the whole thing, and okay. so thank you so much. <sighs> for the love of God. Oh, he just needed to vent. I I understand that, but. I'm not. I'm just gonna say everybody who. who it's been a long couple of weeks for everyone. <laughs> and and not only that, but you know, um, not only that, but that is, but that is also not the case. Mm -hmm. So people who are listening online heard what the guy said, and you also heard us uh, repeatedly say at the time that that is not the case. And I understand where those emotions come from, but that's just not an accurate reading of the situation. That said, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Wednesday. How can I help you? Hey, uh, thing I can't live without, I do own it, but I can't live without it, and I don't know what I do without it, is my DVD recorder that I've got tapped into my DVR so I can just throw everything on a disc. Now, see, I, uh, I have that, uh, I have the TiVo, it's, it's, uh, the TiVo burner. It's like the TiVo 80 hour with the DVD burner inside of it. Whoa, which I is don't have it. oh dude it's pretty great um and and at this point I got that a couple years ago so it's already ancient right now I'm sure they probably have one that is like a dual tuner or an HD uh, TiVo but yeah it's um I bought the TiVo 80 hour uh burner and I said at the time I said this is it this is the last TiVo I'll ever need to buy because that's my third TiVo because I constantly was getting the new versions 
right. But I've got to tell you, I haven't had to buy a new one since then because if, if, if there's something on the TiVo that I recorded, it's great, bam, I burn it right to a DVD and I got it forever. Right. I cannot speak highly enough of that TiVo with the DVD burner inside. One more gadget thing. Uh, I have a Sega Genesis with the 32X. I still do, and it's righteous. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Right, You're like one of those people with the Nintendo 64 playing Goldeneye. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I uh, help you? We're talking about the bag, gadget you must own. I don't I, I don't know the name of it, but it's that thing that you plug it in and it goes... Oh, yeah. I saw one of those at, uh, I saw one of those at Sharper Image, but it, now they're yeah, out of business and I can't buy one. Today. They're great. All right. Thank you, sir. No, no, no. That's, uh, and it came in five colors. All right. It's 503 We'll take a break. Back after this, kids. It is the Rick Emerson radio program on Wednesday. Go nowhere.
Joining the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Join us tomorrow when filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley, laid-off Portland media professional, David Walker. Woo! Uh, He's so rad. This is going to be fun. And then, yes, and then Friday... Uh, Are you going to tell everybody? I don't know. Maybe no, not. No. Yeah. All right. Backing up from that off-ramp. Uh, tomorrow, David Walker filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley. And uh, the person who was supposed to be in today, who then gave us some... Cod swallow about not, uh, not being able to get out of the driveway. Uh, may or may not be scheduled for a later time. We just, it, the, I said yesterday it was sort of good news, bad news. It's really not good news, bad news. It's like bad news and slightly less bad news. Uh, that every single day, it, there's just an endless list of media people who are available to come and fill in for the laid off Tim Riley and who are in fact contacting us. And I, I don't say that to be like all about the glory of us, just that there's. There's a lot of folks out there. Well, I mean, and then just uh, Phil Standard from the uh, from the Tribune, and um, and I mean, I will mangle her name, so I'm not going to attempt to bluff it. But from uh, Portland Monthly, and uh, Liz Hummer from uh, Life PDX, it's just a whole, it's a whole ball of, uh, it's a whole ball of ick out there, kids. Uh, And you know, anyway. So uh, so tomorrow, David Walker, though, uh, formerly of uh, Willamette Week. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Second emails you have. Well, again, I just all of the stuff I haven't gotten through today. Um, we got this. This is um, Rick. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday. The topic was first-person shooter video games and how there seem to be none based on the Civil War. There are strategy games, but no first-person shooters, which is interesting because if he, I do believe. Uh, because like most of like uh, you know like Left 4 Dead is obviously sort of like a zombie apocalypse uh, kind of a thing, but I think there's like Call of Duty, which is. I think Call of Duty is like a it's like a World War II deal. That's the one that Seamus Richard, do you play Call of Duty? What is Call of Duty for? <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks for your help, Richie. <laughs> Thanks for answering the questions that really need answering, Richie. Um, but I think Call of Duty 4 is like a World War II thing, or maybe the last one. It's like you sort of you work your way up, and I think you're fighting with the Allies against the Axis or whatever. Anyway, he says there are strategy games, but no first-person shooters. Is this true? Is there no first-person shooter based on the Civil War? Is there some kind of... And here's a phrase you don't hear very often. Is there some kind of industry taboo about blowing away hordes of fellow Americans? <laughs> Well, clearly not. Uh, they just have to be put in the right concept to be acceptable. If, for example, they are prostitutes in San Andreas, then you're you're good to go, my friend. Uh, and then he says, really, honestly, Rick, if there is a Civil War first-person shooter, please let me know. All right, well, we, we'll do. Done uh, and done. And before we wrap this up, I have time for one more. Uh, let's see. Um, where did it go? This is the one about the, uh, the guy who was in the office. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Come on. Hold on. Uh, Vaseline. Vaseline. Now, people are just sending me nothing but submissions for what you can do with Vaseline that have to do with something other than that. Uh, Rick, guy in the office. Oh, this one is just chastised. Damn you, Rick Emerson. Uh, you never read the guy about the... Oh, here we go. This guy says, Rick. This is from um, this guy. He says, Rick, what about the top five songs that are honorable mentions in their category? He says, sorry, I've been snowed in my office with my coworker for three days. I'm about to recreate a scene from The Shining, Dear God. So, sir, if you hear this, and I know you will, uh, you got to let me know what kind of office you're working at. You've been stuck there for three days. So, uh, please let us know. All right, uh, Richie, will you let... There's no time to be fair to another caller here. So we will uh, move on. we got to like us next. Michael Mara's show at 7. We will be here tomorrow, uh, regardless of weather conditions, because we are game day players. 
So uh, tomorrow, 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Drive safely. Uh, always remember, it's not the weather that will kill you. It is the idiots you are surrounded by. So uh, keep that in mind when you are out there on the roads. Uh, so stay safe, my friends, and warm and dry and all of that. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970, The Talker. In the newsroom, Byron Beck, filling in for the guy who is going to fill in for the guy who got laid off. It's the best month ever. Uh, on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't act with me, Reynolds. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes, and goodbye now. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.